Hey, welcome to Athlete on Fire. My name is Scott Jones. I am your host today. And we are doing something a little bit different. I have never uh, reviewed anything in my life, publicly or otherwise. And today I'm going to review uh, Rebecca's Private Idaho. But actually, I'm not going to do the reviewing. I have brought on four or five of the athletes that were up in Ketchum, Idaho this last August uh, for the race and uh, kind of picked their brains and just kind of, you know, I wanted to get some, some storytelling and some experiences from these guys. So that's what I did. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut to four or five of these athletes. Uh, there's not a lot of editing going on. I just kind of brought them online and, and uh, talked about Ketchum and talked about the race, why they were there, things that they're working on as well. There's some, some really interesting athletes, and a lot of these athletes are actually uh, being interviewed on the show as well. So I uh, hope you guys like it. Rebecca Rush is just amazing. She's, she's humble. She's an amazing athlete. And uh, she invited uh, me to come up there with, with my buddy to, to kind of experience the whole thing. And I wanted to, I, I wanted to do a review just to kind of say thank you to, to her and her, her team. It's a small team, uh, but these events do take so much work. As, as uh, you guys might know, me and my wife have an event production company here in Colorado, and every single event takes, takes so much detail. So I totally appreciate that. And uh, I'm going to go back up there with my wife this year. I think she's going to really like it. She's a she's a cyclist as well, and I think you guys will see the themes are that Ketchum and Sun Valley is just an amazing place. Number one, number two, uh, the race was laid back but still competitive, and people got to get after it a little bit. And the after party was bar none the highlight of the weekend is really cool so I'm, I'm just going to step back I'll have uh, I'll, I'll have some some musical transitions so you guys know when we're going to, to a new athlete but I'm not going to I'm not going to ruin the review with my voice in there so I hope you guys enjoy this and uh, it, if you get a chance if you're in the states in, in the fall you need to go check this event out it's, it's a really really good time as you'll see I mentioned many times I went out and went and rode single track all day because <laughs> I'm selfish like that. But uh, if you want to go ride the gravel, it's it's pretty amazing. And everybody I talked to had a great time. So uh, I'm just going to step back and let you guys listen to the reviews of these awesome athletes that were up there riding in uh, Idaho in August. Thanks. Hey, everybody. This is Scott Jones with Athlete on Fire. And as you guys know, I'm kind of I'm meeting with a lot of the athletes, a lot of the cyclists that went up to Rebecca's private Idaho. You know, she was so gracious to her and her team were so gracious to invite me and my buddy Ben Wellnack from Mountain Bike Radio up there to kind of experience a week and really see what they're trying to do up there. And I'm just, you know, I, I got a lot of names and I wanted to interview these guys up there, but um, it was just so fun. I didn't want to, I didn't want to interrupt the fun with with a boring interview. So I want to bring the experience to you guys in this manner. Uh, today I'm with Austin McInerney and McInerney. All right, is that right? Yes, that's right. Yes. All right. See, I was practicing his name on my own terms, and I and I. Good job, Scott. I finally got it. So anyway, Austin, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great this morning. Thank you. Uh, you know, the the hardest part of every interview I do is the 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 darn, the darn names of everybody. I mean, I, uh, <laughs> I had Dean Carnassus on, and I've I've since practiced his name 800 times because I just brutalized it when he came on. And yeah, it, it's just awful. <laughs> so well, you did a good job with mine. So <laughs> sweet, sweet. So okay, so RPI for for you guys. You know, we I've had a few athletes on here talking about that event and. I want to talk about it because it was just such a cool experience for me. I'm in Colorado. We have beautiful scenes, uh, backgrounds, geography, all that good stuff. Great places to ride. Uh, I'm a recreational rider. You know, I'll hop on the road bike and I'll hop on the mountain bike. Um, 
a lot more and, and just enjoy the trails that we have here. But for you, you said you've, when we were offline, you said you've done this event twice. Why don't you just paint a picture of, you know, what's like pulling in the Sun Valley and that whole area and just the, the buzz you feel when you get in town there? Yeah, well, the, that whole area, Sun Valley, Ketchum, uh, and the Sawtooths, uh, are really spectacular um, uh, in, in the scenery. And when you drive in, it depends on how you come. If you're coming from uh, Boise, like over into Stanley, and then sort of coming from the north down, it's a different view. You go over over this big hill, and then you see this uh, sort of valley uh, framed by mountains on either side. It, it's visually very stunning. Um, and so this year was a, a real contrast to um, the first year um, when I did it and under uh, different circumstances and that there was huge forest fires going on. And so when we drove in to the area coming from the south, um, it was very smoky and sort of apocalyptic looking and actually very frightening. And we wondered if the event was even going to be held. Uh, and so to contrast that with this year, driving in with absolutely clear skies, no smoke in the air whatsoever, uh, just fabulous. Uh, and so I was really excited to get there, having been to the area a couple times over the years. I knew that the riding uh, was just unbelievable. And with no fire going on this year, I was really excited to get out and ride some of the, the uh, trails there because they, they really are top notch. Uh, and, and having ridden a lot around the United States and some other countries as well, um, I got to say that that area is, is high up on my list of some of the favorite places to ride in this country. So, uh, so how often do you get out for competitive or semi-competitive rides? I mean, I, I, some people were, were hammering pretty good. It, it was a competitive yeah. race, but some people I, went out there for, for a different reason. Oh, I for sure. I, I, I I mean, personally, I, I do not race a lot uh, anymore. I, I used to race mountain bikes and, and cyclocross quite a bit in the early 90s and the mid-90s. And ever since then, I, I dabble in, in competition, but I like to do experiential events. And this one is definitely that, you know, where it takes you somewhere that you might not uh, have gone on your own. Um, and, and the route that Rebecca picked out is definitely one that I would not have done on my own. Um, inkling. So I was really excited to, to see the area, knowing what kind of an athlete she is and the areas that she trains for the international competition she participates in um, was alluring to me. And so, you know, I get out and ride pretty regularly, both mountain bike and, and road bike, just to for the sport of it uh, and to get outside, to be physically active. Um, but I don't enter into races uh, as much. And I sure didn't take this event as a race, nor did I intend to, you know, go for some kind of record. Um, and as we'll talk, I'm sure I ended up doing quite well, but that was quite a surprise to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Um, I always do this. I always kind of get into the meat of it and then we kind of share who you are. So, so tell people, you know, what is your, what is your attachment to, to cycling and mountain biking specifically? Sure. Uh, I serve as the executive director of an organization called the National Interscholastic Cycling Association. Uh, we are a, a program that focuses on getting more, more kids on bikes. And with specifically, we organize um, middle school and high school mountain bike competitions and leagues across the country. And we currently have 15 leagues operating in 14 different states. 
So cool. I've got to imagine this came about because some, some people were sitting around saying how much they loved riding, whether it's like, you know, road or, or mountain bike and saying, God, we would have just had something when I, when I was in school. How cool would that be? Well, that's exactly right. I mean, we have t-shirts that, that they say on the back, I wish I had this when I was in high school. And, you know, many, uh, you know, I'm in my late forties. And so my age group growing up, if you were into cycling, you were definitely an anomaly at your school. Um, you're one of very few people that were actually going out and riding any distances that was just not common. Uh, and we are changing that and we are making it a more common sport. Our goal is to make cycling a mainstream high school sport. And yeah, it did start off with uh, actually a school teacher here in Berkeley who wanted to uh, create a cycling club at the school that he taught. And so he put some flyers up. Kids showed up at his classroom for lunch meeting. And he said, let's do a cycling club. And he was a road cyclist. And all the kids said, well, yeah, but we want a mountain bike. And so that was the start of it. And uh, he took those kids out for rides. And they very quickly realized that there weren't a lot of other high schools riding uh, and and sure not going to races. So that was the impetus in uh, the early 2000s to start what's called the NorCal High School uh, Cycling League. And it's taken off from there. They're obviously, uh, you know, 2001, they're about to start their 15th season of competition. And I was involved in the early days there as a coach here on a team and, and did that through the 2000s. And we decided in, um, in 2009 to form a national nonprofit, NICA. Um, and so we're coming up on our fifth year here of uh, really trying to grow this program. And so that's my connection um, to the organization. And as a result, you know, I've been a cyclist my whole life and I've partnered with, uh, athletes and, and, and teams around the country that share our vision for getting more kids on bikes. And that's how I got introduced to Rebecca Rush and being invited to, to come out and, and see her Idaho. Yeah. Two things off that really quick guys. If you want to check it out, I, I think it's an amazing program. You know, I, I'm not. I'm not sure if I would have been mountain biking because I grew up in South Florida. Although there are some really good trails, believe it or not. In South- yeah, I heard that. Yeah. Um, I went back as an adult. I want to say like seven years ago with my wife, in my hometown. Where we went down to help my parents with some health stuff, so we were there for about three months, and uh, we looked for trails. Like, there's got to be a trail down here, so we found it. And uh, you know, a lot of it was man-made. They just some of the the rollers were man-made, but we were doing some really cool um, rollers through some crazy mangrove. Um, Oh, I'm glad you share that story because there's a misconception that like mountain biking is only a sort of Western United States thing, you know, and that you got to have these huge mountains like the Rockies and the Sierras to mountain bike. And that is just no way. false. Yeah. I mean, there there is great riding tucked in corners all around this country and having ridden in a fair number of places that people would not think as mountain bike destinations. I've been totally impressed and encouraged and see kids out riding bikes all over the place. And so, so um, yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely opportunities for exploring and that's Rebecca's private Idaho is a good example. Well, obviously it's very mountainous and there are great trails. She's also created a course is not somewhere that a lot of people on bikes would necessarily think to go, but av- after having done it, you go, wow, that really opened my eyes to some scenery and some other experiences on the bike that are possible. Awesome. So Rebecca's private Idaho.com is a website. If you guys want to check out uh, the NICA website, it's nationalmtb.org, like mountain bike MTB. Uh, so you can go check that out. You can actually learn more about Austin on the site. Uh, one of the last questions I'm going to ask you just regarding the weekend, 
Well, there's two. I think you were competing in, in the in the Galande Quaffing, whatever the heck they call that game. Um, <laughs> but that goofy game. But before that, you know, Rebecca Rush. Who is she to you? I mean, we, we've got to, we've got to give her props because it's a lot. I put on events uh, for a living as well. It's a lot of work, man. Um, but as an athlete in person, is there anything unique or a, a cool story you can share about just her and, and the movement she's created? Oh, yeah. I have too many stories, actually. Let's see. How do I pick one? Um, you know, Rebecca and I crossed paths a couple years ago through her, her work in advocacy uh, on the bike. And so she's someone that, you know, I, I've heard of. And so I was really honored and privileged to be able to um, work with her and to uh, the story I want to share really was um, last year at another event promoter, um, Todd Sadow with Epic Rides. He puts on uh, an event called the 24 Hours of Old Pueblo uh, down in Arizona outside of Tucson. Um, this is a fantastic event, a 24-hour uh, bike race, which some individuals do uh, solo and others do as parts of teams, four-person or even eight-person teams. Uh, and she is obviously a world champion in uh, endurance uh, racing and has been a fixture at that event. And we talked about um, trying to get some teams together comprised of high school students that would be captained by a professional athlete. So she offered to throw... Um, her resources behind helping us make that happen. And so last year, we fielded three teams comprised of high school students with uh, a professional athlete on each of those teams. And Rebecca was really the energy behind that. She was one of the captains, um, as well as uh, her teammate on the specialized program, uh, Todd Wells, uh, an Olympian and uh, international competitor. Um, he captained the boys' team. And then uh, Chloe Woodruff, another professional mountain bike racer, did another women's team. And so these three teams um, were all all together for the entire weekend, as well as myself and a number of my colleagues from the national program in high school leagues. We fielded a, a team of staff. And so we spent the entire weekend together. And the experience that those high school kids had um, was unbelievable. They were treated as professional athletes. They were provided loaner bikes. They were cooked and cared for, and um, they raced uh, as hard as they could. Uh, and Rebecca's team ended up actually taking third overall, nice. um, which is amazing with three high school students um, <laughs> on her team. And the experience there was uh, very rewarding, not only for the participants, but for Rebecca and her fellow athletes, you know, Todd even confessed that the kids were way faster than he had, had hoped for at that time in this year for him. He was not ready for those kinds of efforts, yet he was put on the spot to, to go. And, uh, and it was just a great experience. And, you know, and she gave a lot of energy uh, and, and resources to, to make that happen. And it's the kind of person she is. She's, while she is a high-level competitor, she also values – the, the community that mountain biking creates and wants to get back to that and strengthen it, and especially around getting more young women into the sport. And that's something that's very, I think, unique. And her Gold Rush Tour, as she calls it, she does events around the country that are focused specifically on encouraging um, women to, to get on the bike and, and develop the skills and confidence necessary to enjoy mountain biking uh, in a safe manner. And I, I, 
I applaud her for the leadership she's taking in doing that yeah. work because it's, it's really important. And her event in the Rebecca's Private Idaho is really an extension of that. It, while it was competitive, it was really meant to showcase the community and, of Sun Valley and Ketchum in that area. And um, it was timed and such to, to link up with a big event there called Wagon Wheel Days, which is really like a town parade and everyone comes out, people line the streets to see the, the you know, displays and, and the high school bands coming by and all that. So it's really about the larger community that this sport uh, provides and allows us as individuals to tap into. And, yeah. and, and she's a leader in that for sure. Yeah, so, so cool. I mean, the, the, the catch in the Sun Valley, the feel is amazing. You know, I was only there for the, the race, the day of the race. Um, and, uh, I'm I'm not in in good enough shape to go pound fifty or hundred, so I went and, and pounded twenty five on the on the single track. Which for you guys oh, listening, if if you aren't into the long stuff, I was with a, I was with a pretty good rider, and uh, Ben went off and did the hundred. I was like, man, I'd love to go out there, but it's probably not going to be as fun for me. I'd I'd love to just go see some of the sights here. So I, I went and rode some great some great trails out there. Yeah, those trails are amazing. I the three days leading up to the actual uh, uh, ride. I did the same thing. I was on a borrowed mountain bike and I rode as many trails as I could. And, and I mean, that maybe gives you a little insight into my approach as quote, an athlete on fire. (laughs) I mean, I was not, you know, planning for a big effort on quote race day. I was there to enjoy the trails. So I rode a lot. I did the day before this event, I did a four hour mountain bike ride on some very strenuous trails <laughs> and was pretty toast. I mean, I was tired. Did you do, um, did you do Adams and Eves? I did. I, I got dropped off up by the forest service and rode up, um, sort of the, was the backside up to Adams Gulch, um, and all the way down, well, not I'm sorry, we, our house was at Adams Gulch. I went the other side by the Forest Service headquarters, and I guess it's Oregon Gulch over to Chocolate Gulch, and then clear over to Adams Gulch, and that's where I came out to the house where I was staying at. So it was four and a half hours on the bike, um, big effort, and I was tired. So that, But I was thrilled. That's what I was there for was to see the terrain, and it rained that day a bit in the morning. So it was a pretty epic experience on the bike to go solo for four and a half hours in the backcountry. Um, but that was my lead up to actually waking up on, on the big ride day and going out. And I did the small fry, you know, this is the, I think it was like almost 60 miles, 50 yeah. something. Yep. And I did that um, having done the long course the first year. Um, I was there to announce the the start of our newest league in the state of Idaho. And so we had a booth to set up. So we needed to get back um, from the ride in time to set up our booth and be ready for the crowds. And so that was why I opted to go with the short route nice. this year. Um, and, uh, and you know, went from there. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so cool, guys. Yeah, if you guys are – I'm going to touch on one thing. We – I can never keep this under 10 minutes because the play, I mean, just talking about the stuff leads to other things. And it's, I think it's interesting for you guys listening to, but, um, the, how in the heck do you say it? Galande quaffing or Jalande quaffing? I think is the way they say, yeah, this, this, uh, activity is something (laughs) that I think Rebecca saw somewhere. I guess it's quite popular among skiers 
And uh, there was some video that was circulating around from Jackson Hole where they had a big contest. And it was like the ski patrol against some other guys. And it's a a team event in that you um, basically uh, drink beers, um, but the beers are being thrown down a bar basically from one (laughs) end to the other. And you have to catch them as they come off the table. And if you – drop them, um, you do not get any points. Um, but if you catch it and you consume the beer and run to the other end of the table and then shoot the beer down to your teammate, you do this very quickly within a minute and there's a judge watching you and scoring you and the team that takes the most points advances. Um, and so, yes, I was on a team with three other people, um, including a, a, a Yeti, uh, Salty the Yeti, which is the goo energy uh, mascot, if you will. Uh, they have a salted caramel. It's uh, so funny, dude. And yeah, and so you saw the white Yeti dressed up. Made it very challenging for the Yeti to actually consume the beer, but um, he did a good job. And we advanced all the way to the finals and actually ended up winning the overall against a team of local bike shop mechanics who were very serious about the, the game. so serious. I, I was blown away that we uh, actually won in, in the clutch there at the end. It, they had a quaff off. It was an exact tie after the final, um, and the, the decision was uh, that each team would basically go until a person grabbed the beer and was able to consume it, and whoever did it first won. And um, our Lauren, our teammate, uh, was very quick on the draw, and she – bam, she won it for us right right there at the end. <laughs> it's so funny. You go for this week in a biking and just kind of fellowship with some other people that have similar values, obviously. And uh, the ride is amazing. The scene, the weather was perfect while we were there. Everybody's having a great time. There's some great causes that are that are being taken care of in, in, in the world of cycling and, and uh, some cool charities that are out there. And everybody, you have this one little competition and people who, it looks ridiculous, you go there and you start playing, and it's like it's the buzz topic of the weekend. So I had to bring it up because me and uh, me and Ben and and uh, Jay, I can never say his last night last name. Jay P- uh, Peturbury is that how you say his last name? Uh, don't even sure. Oh, it drives me crazy. Yeah. Anyway, right. him and his wife are there. They're pretty pretty big cyclists yeah. uh, in, uh, in that community. But we played anyway, and uh, just su- such a fun time. Just a, a really a really cool feel, guys. So you get there, people ride. You have the post party. They have a band out there. Um, great awards. It's not like a boring award ceremony because I've been to a million races where you just fall asleep during the awards. Um, <laughs> and then everybody goes to the little, that little goofy game and then there's, you know, there's a handful of restaurants and, and bars in town and everybody hangs out. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a really good event right downtown in the center. And, you know, they had fantastic food set up, different food trucks. The music was great. Um, the awards were phenomenal. I mean, uh, in addition to winning the the quaffing, I actually was the first finisher for this small fry ride, and the package of presents um, were, was pretty unmatched from any race I've ever been in. Oh, um, I mean, their so, goodie bags were unmatched yeah, from any race. I've yeah, been. so you know, she did a really good job at bringing in um, different sponsors, and the local community there really was behind the event. So I agree with you, Scott. I mean, having been to a lot of events. This one really opened the doors up for the community, and and you might not even be from that area, but you definitely were um, welcome with open arms and part of the community, and that's really what Rebecca's trying to showcase and 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 
um, uh, share with others that haven't been to that area. Absolutely. So, Austin, th- thanks so much for taking some time. I just wanted to get your point of view on, on the event. And uh, I'll be really excited to see how this turns out once I get a, get a handful. My of you pleasure. Yeah, I strongly encourage anyone that is you know considering doing a gravel event. This is a good one, and don't be intimidated by it. Uh, it the route's totally manageable. It's unbelievably beautiful, and if you spend a couple of days before or after the event in the area, you will not be disappointed. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Austin. We'll talk soon. All right. Take care, Scott. Bye. Hey everybody, Scott Jones once again, and uh, we're just going to keep moving right along here. We've talked to a lot of the athletes and, and cyclists and people who are involved with uh, Rebecca's Private Idaho, and today I'm excited to uh, introduce Katie Bowling. How are you doing, Katie? Yeah, I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. So, so Katie is with World Bicycle Relief, and before we get started and dive right in, you guys can kind of follow along and go learn more about uh, about the charity at worldbicyclerelief.org. Uh, so I'm going to let you kind of take it from here, Kate. Tell us, tell us what World Bicycle Relief is, and then we'll, we'll go up to catch them and talk about Rebecca's event. But I think what you're doing is really cool. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, yeah, so World Bicycle Relief, we're a nonprofit organization, and uh, we distribute bicycles into rural parts of the world. Um, specifically designed for the communities that we're operating in, uh, assembled right in the areas where we're working. And we distribute these bikes for three main purposes, access to education, access to healthcare, and access to economic uh, opportunities. Most of our work right now is focused in sub-Sahara, uh, southeastern Africa, where um, distance is really a large challenge to accessing education and markets and patients. So that's uh, where the work is mostly focused right now. And to date, in the last nine-plus years, we've distributed over 200,000 bicycles um, wow. to mobilize people in rural parts of the world. So, is it, you know, we're, we're, in, we're in the States here, and, uh, of course, we're talking third-world countries and stuff, and, and, and bicycles, transportation means something totally different to these parts of the world. So do you, do you have any, like, really interesting numbers or just maybe a couple interesting stories about, you know, case studies or actual, um, you know, ways that this, this charity has changed lives? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're t- obviously, it's a, for most of the audience listening, if you ask someone what their transportation challenge is um, each day, it's going to be something about, um, you know, a, a late bus, uh, stuck in gridlock, um, flight delay, you know, what have you. But when you're talking to people in the parts of the world where we're working, a lot of their answers will be, um, you know, walking several hours a day to get, to get water, to go to school, um, can't lug, can't fit up, you know, take their load to market because it's just impossible. Um, so that's where the bikes, you know, are really instrumental in, in, uh, in those parts of the world and, um, you know, really considered a tool versus a recreational vehicle. I think, um, you know, one statistic that I think uh, that I that I like to focus on is a large part of our work right now is funding bikes for education. Uh, we have a program that's called the Bicycles for Educational Empowerment Program, and, and, and currently that's operating in Zambia, Zimbabwe, and South Africa. And studies have shown, um, and the data is in that, you know, like the bicycles for these students um, increase their attendance by 28%. And then in terms of academic performance, uh, 59%. So wow. imagine if a $134 bicycle could improve your children's attendance, or I'm sorry, performance by 59%. It's a pretty, 
pretty um, special statistic. Yeah, for sure. So, okay, so I, I kind of met um, one of your colleagues at in Ketchum, which I'm, we're going to talk about Rebecca's event because it's, it's a pretty neat event, and she's a pretty neat person, and uh, I love what she's doing, of course. She does some really amazing things. But uh, I think you're I think you're out right. You rode the course, didn't you? You rode uh, Rebecca's private Idaho. Yeah, yeah. So well, basically, you know, we're so lucky to have Rebecca as an ambassador and a great supporter of our work. So, um, as as you probably know, um, she focuses on giving back through bicycles as part of the Rebecca's Private Idaho, and World Bicycle Relief is one of three beneficiaries. So my colleague and I um, both have been fortunate to be, we were at her inaugural event in 2013 and then returned to, to catch them for the 2014 ride, which was just awesome. Yeah, well, this is funny because I think you were out riding, and I was back in the festival area, and uh, I think it was a young woman, I can't remember her name, but she was, she was hanging out at the booth, and I was just talking to her. You know, I've traveled, I haven't traveled to Africa, but I've traveled to decently around the world and uh, so I was asking her if she'd been able to go out in the field and see the uh, the effects of the bikes on the on the communities and stuff and she's really excited because she's about to go on a trip sometime soon I don't know if she's gone yet or not um, but that brings me to a question for you have, have you been out uh, to distribute to, to some of these countries and if so where, where have you been and um, what was that experience like? Yeah, yeah. So first of all, I will say that was Jen, and I'm really pleased to say that she has been now on her trip. She went in the start of October and had a really wonderful experience. We offer three trips a year. Um, the trip is called Africa Rides, and for those that want to learn more about it, you can find it on a website under events. Um, and I have been to Africa with World Bikes Relief. I've been fortunate to go and see the programs in, in Zambia and also have an experience in South Africa. So I will say that the most powerful experience that I had in the field um, was probably the opportunity to walk with one of the students from the school to her home the day before she received a bicycle at one of our distribution ceremonies. So part of the education program is that it's weighted towards girl students. So about approximately 70% of the bikes in the education program go to girls. This is, of course, in in recognition of the growing data and how important it is to give girls equal access to education and job opportunities, and um, girls typically in those parts of the world have a few more challenges than their than the boys to to stay in school. So uh, the day before the distribution ceremony, we we walked with her from from the school to their home. It was a, I would say it was about a three mile walk, uh, maybe two and a half um, miles to three miles somewhere in that distance. And it took, um, you know, over an hour and a half. And what, what, what you can't simulate in this environment is um, how desolate the area is, how hot it is, and, um, you know, just the barren atmosphere. So for her to receive a bicycle, um, I, you know, in my heart, it's, it's great knowing that, that it's a significant shorter journey, but also a more enjoyable journey. And oh, okay. um, that kind of sticks with me in terms of how, 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 what type of um, journey they have to get to school. And the, the, most of these students know how important it is to stay in school and receive an education. So the fact that they're walking to and from um, is a really testament to their dedication and then just how powerful the bike is um, in, in that um, environment. So what do you guys do? Do you guys do you guys pr- produce the the bikes or do you refurbish? How do you guys do that? Yeah, so World Bikes Relief, we um, we operate on the on the belief that you know technology serves our purposes at the high end of the market with with bicycles and should be applied to to people all over the world. So 
we manage the entire assembly from design to delivery to ensure the bikes are robust, very easy to maintain, have a long life, and suit the, suit the needs of the end users. Um, so the bicycles are manufactured. They're actually manufactured in Asia, but, but like I said, a lot of design work is done here in the U.S. Uh, so, so you know, at SRAM headquarters, um, wh where we have significant roots, you'll see, you know, the Buffalo bicycle being tested next to a set of Mark Cavendish's wheels or what have you. Um, and then the bicycles are shipped CKD, so completely knocked down to Africa, and then they're assembled right there in the countries we're working at. So we currently have four assembly operations in South Africa, Zimbabwe, Zambia, and Kenya, um, and obviously local employees that build the bicycles, and then um, from there distributed into the field. So the whole supply chain is managed by our organization. That's that's so cool. Well, I, you know, I saw the, I saw the bike at uh, up in Ketchum. And it's definitely hardy. I mean, that sucker is—it's a machine. <laughs> I thought that was really cool, and I'm yeah. sure that I'm sure a lot of that thought came into it because if you just go ship a flimsy little bike over there, you're gonna have flats and breakdowns the first week, and and uh, without access to to good um, parts and and knowledge on how to fix this stuff, it probably just sits sits on the outside of the house until they can get it fixed. So I'm sure that, I'm sure that thought came into mind when you guys started this thing. It's pretty cool. Right, right, so, right. We call the buffalo. Sometimes we call it 53 pounds of love, and it's $134 to, to fund a bicycle into our program. And it's 53 pounds? Uh, it's about 53 pounds, and uh, um, uh, uh, 53 pounds, you know, 220-pound carrying capacity in the back rack, you know, high-grade steel, automotive-grade um, tires, you know, so it is, it is a very robust. I love it. See, all you know, all these riders over here in the states are trying to get light. Let's just get heavy and beastify these things. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> I love yep, it. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so you guys, if you guys are listening, go to World Bicycle Relief. That on the on the home page is is a video, and they just uh, this is your new video. It's really really inspiring, really neat. And um, you know, let, let's just go to Rebecca's private hideout. I really just wanted to share the story of World Bicycle Relief because it's an interesting one. And for people who are going up to RPI in, in Idaho, you kind of you get a story, a little more of the story behind some of the some of the people she's helping with with this event. So um, let's just talk about the event a little bit. It, I had a blast out there. You know, I didn't ride in the race because we, me and my buddy, got in there so late. But I was there helping out, and uh, I went and rode some single track and had a good time. And I was there at the after party, so I got a good feel and, and taste of of what it was all about. What was it? What was it like in your eyes from your experience? Right. Well, I mean, Rebecca creates such an amazing atmosphere, um, really personal, uh, a strong community. Obviously, it's a very unique um, destination to do a, to do a great ride, and she just makes the whole weekend a real special celebration that you know obviously culminates with the ride. But there's so many great festivities leading into it. So I would say, like, just first and foremost, just that it's a really uh, wonderful weekend um, in general. And then for the ride itself, I mean, I think that it's a unique opportunity. You know, most of it's on gravel roads uh, along beautiful countryside in an area that most of us don't have immediate access to. So, you know, it's just so beautiful, and, you know, there's a great spirit the whole day. I've, I've done, um, you know, as you know, she's got, she has a longer route, which is called the Big Potato, and then a shorter 50-mile route, I believe it's called the Small Fry. And so because of World Bikes Roots role as part of the event, you know, we're part of the, the post-ride activity. So uh, I've only had the opportunity to do the 50-mile small fry, uh, but it, but it's, it's great and still includes the big um, Trail Creek 
climb, I believe that's the name of the climb, and uh don't know off the top of my hand if it's 2,000 or 3,000, but it's pretty hardy, and, and it's pretty much at the beginning of the ride, so that kind of creates a great start to the whole day and adventure. And, yeah, just love it. Really friendly rest stops. Um, you know, the, the, the riders are all really happy and obviously excited to be there. So I just can't say enough great things about the actual uh, weekend and, and ride and what Rebecca does to, to welcome everyone into her community. Yeah, and it, I mean, that's definitely the, the oversounding uh, theme on, uh, on how people perceive this event. It's just a, a good old time. So r- really quick, we're going to finish up here in a second, but were there any like really funny or, or interesting stories from your time in Ketchum? Did anything really, really cool happen when you're up there? Well, I mean, obviously from my perspective with World Bikes Relief, we're just so pleased with in terms of how Rebecca's embraced World Bikes Relief and then, and then the message, uh, you know, from the attendees. You know, we had several people there, part of Team World Bikes Relief, raising raising funds and awareness for us. And I, I think one of the most fun parts of the weekend is uh, there is a there is a large um, festival going on in Ketchum that whole weekend. It's called Wagon Days. And as part of the festival, there's a there's a huge non-motorized parade. So lots of horses, buggies, real Western experience. And the uniqueness of the Buffalo Bicycle, we're actually the, um, the only bicycle entry in the parade. So, you know, we have a fleet of bikes that are, that are part of that festivity and, this past year, you know, we we bring out some of the celebrities who are who are at the event to have a, give them an opportunity to ride the ride the buffalo. So a couple of years ago, Levi Lifeheimer and Meredith Miller, the fat cyclist, and and the hammer. And then this past year, Robbie Ventura and Neil Shirley. And it's just a really great, um, again, a great great little event preceding the the big ride. And uh, we just we can't thank Rebecca enough for including World Bicycle Relief as part of the the weekend. Awesome. Katie, well, hey, thanks thanks so much for being a part of this little collaboration uh, review of the event and just getting to know the people of of, uh, of the event. And uh, I love sharing it. You know, Rebecca was, was kind enough to invite us up there and have a good old time. And uh, and thanks for what you're doing with World Bicycle Relief. It's, it's such an inspiring thing. And for you guys listening, once again, worldbicyclerelief.org. You can actually listen to this show at athleteonfire.com. If you found us on iTunes or Stitcher, there's a lot more stuff uh, behind the scenes. We have show notes with links to all of these things that all of our guests are talking about. So, uh, Katie, thanks again. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no problem. Talk to you soon. Hey, once again, Scott Jones from Athlete on Fire. And as you guys know, I'm going through the gamut of some, some of the athletes that were up at Rebecca's Private Idaho. I had a really good time up there, and uh, I wanted to be able to share the experience with everyone. And just getting the uh, the audio from, from experience has been a, a really fun process. So today's no different. I'm actually interviewing the guy that I drove 13 hours through the night to get to uh, catch him with. So we're going to kind of just go back and forth on our on our little adventure to get to RPI and, and kind of what we thought about it. So uh, I'm here with Ben Wilnack of Mountain Bike Radio. Ben, how you doing? I'm doing well. So Ben is uh, is a good friend, and uh, we've we've collaborated on on multiple projects, and he's been a inspiration in the podcasting world. And he sucks, and this is why. <laughs> he moved to freaking North Dakota. He was eight miles away from me. Not that we were able to hang out all the time because we have young families. It's, it's but, fine. Yeah, we're we're talking now, so we're, I think we'll manage. Yeah, it was a tough breakup, but you know. <laughs> anyway. We'll, I, mean, it's not, it, it, I mean, it's not definitely not like a long term. We're not going to be here 20 years, so don't worry about that. So, so you remember when you had friends dating in college and uh, – 
you know, your buddy or your, it'd be more the other way around. Like, <laughs> like, like a girl would come over and you'd watch a movie or something. And, and, uh, the, the whole trick, or even if it was kind of urban legend, it was like, Oh, they'd leave their sweatshirt behind. So they had to go back. What did you leave? But with me, I left abominable. Oh, exactly. Well, exactly. So what Classic. I left with Ben, so, so I needed him to come back <laughs> to Colorado in case he would never. So we partnered on an, on an event last year. It's called Abominable. We, we put on this, uh, well, we did a fat bike race last year and an adventure run at like just under 11,000 feet in the middle of January in the, the Rockies. And just to give you guys a really fun, quick story, we were busting our butt to groom and set up this course. <laughs> First time I was ever on a snowmobile, I wrecked the stupid thing one time. Anyway, we thought we had a decent handle on it. And the day of the race, it is literally 61 degrees. I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt in, in, by 11 o'clock in the morning at just under 11,000 feet in the, in the Rockies. This does not happen, people. So needless to say, the course was literally a slurpee. <laughs> it was just people riding in a slurpee. And, uh, you know, a few really, really good riders were out there. And, you know, everybody had comments, but... For ninety percent of the people got it. It's like you can't really control the weather, but there's that five or ten percent, that vocal minority that just ate us up. And me and Ben both kind of had fine. the same attitude. We're like, eh, we worked our bus off. We tried to put on a good event, but uh, that. So he's coming back. We we're actually doing a fun run for the or a fun ride, like a fat bike group ride with uh with a local bike shop. And it's gonna be a blast. And we're gonna still do the adventure run. But I got. I'm my, excited. I'm excited for the the run. It's gonna um, be fun. Just because. The feedback last because it's totally different, and the feedback last year is really good. So it'll be interesting to focus just on those people and oh, you know, dude, that if we put half the time into the run courses we did in the in the right. Run <laughs> so here's my tip for the day before we get rolling on that: if you own a hotel, you should have a voicemail service. Yeah, it's... or somebody manning the front desk. <laughs> I tried to uh, set up some discounts yesterday for uh, for some uh, hotels near the area and. Uh, one of them I called. One of the three in town didn't have a voicemail. So, small yeah, towns. That's maybe. my tip for the day. Makes sense. Anyhow, <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So, speaking of hotels, we're we're going to kind of share our adventure because me and Ben actually this was an adventure. Don't don't be mistaken here. Uh, I really the week before, like the Monday I think before, um, if not the Friday before, like this was on August thirty first or something like that. I'm talking like August 23rd. I didn't know if I was going to go up there because we had some family stuff and business stuff going on. Ben was done. He wasn't. He was not planning on going. And uh, the more I looked at the drive, the less interested I was becoming because it was a 13, 12, 13 hour drive. And uh, so yeah, this I, is up in Sun Valley or uh, Ketchum, Idaho, Sun Valley. So that's it's quite the drive. It's a haul, and, and of course it's a, it's a great drive. But this is a so Saturday morning. <clears throat> My only caveat was I couldn't leave on Friday night <laughs> because I had an event on Saturday morning. So I do my event. It's a Rocky Mountain Brew Run. Ben shows up with Amy, his wife, and, and his kids. And they're kind of just chilling at the brew, just waiting for me to get done. So I finally get done at, like, noon, and I was starving, so I had to get something to eat. So we get on the road at 1 o'clock. <laughs> it's a Saturday. Ben has to get through, you know, traffic in Denver. And, and the intention was Ben's going to go up and do the, do the longer ride, which is just under 100 miles. And I was going to go up and do the 50-miler. And – the most I'd ridden in the last six months was probably 50 miles total. So, um, anyway, we had, we had big intentions. So we leave at one and there's, there's freaking rush hour in Denver. The first 20 minutes of a 12 to 13 hour ride, we run into about an hour of, of rush hour or whatever it was on Saturday. So we finally got on the road and I averaged about 90 all the way up there. <laughs> <And> <laughs> it's got drove the, I, I will note that you drove the entire way both times. 
both their back. So that's yeah. Well, there, there's some pity that goes in this. Ben watches at that time. He's watching both his kids five days a week. And it actually crossed my mind once, like, man, this guy's kind of lazy. He just sits over there all day. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you, all you had to do is ask. I know. But I wasn't going to ask because, like, you, this is probably actually really relaxing for Ben. I'm, I'm just going to let him chill. And actually, I'm a better driver. So let's just <laughs> let's just go with it. So oh. anyway, we, we had this long – not to bore you guys. We got in to, to catch him at, like, 2.30. So we didn't get to see the grandeur of the valley and how really pretty it was until the next morning. Um, but we, we stay at this really nice lodge, some Valley Lodge, uh, really unique, odd setup. Like we parked and there's, it was like a college campus. It's kind of hard to find our place, but we finally find it really nice rooms. And, uh, <coughs> we probably put our heads down about two thirty or three and, and Ben was going back and forth on whether he's going to race or not. And, uh, Ben is like one of the most competitive people you ever meet. So six fifteen, six thirty hits, whatever. He's about to leave the room. He's like, Hey dude, I'm leaving. I was like, all right, good luck. And he left, and I thought I was going to go back to sleep. And I was like, I was like, I'm not racing. There's no way. I'm going to go ride single track all day. And Ben, I couldn't miss the start. So I, I get my butt out of bed. And uh, so, Ben, tell me the process. Like, why did you finally decide that you're going to do it? Just because we, we put the time in or what? Oh, I already – yeah, we put the time in. I already decided that I was – you don't go there and have the opportunity to do it and not do it. Yeah. Like, I was all set up. I mean, the only thing was missing was sleep. I got this – you know, I was like – it was after three that I got to sleep because I get my stuff together because I knew in the morning I wouldn't be able to do it. Like I wouldn't have time. Like you go to sleep at three and try to get up at five thirty to do the final little details, you're never gonna do it. So it was like three fifteen or three twenty, I had to get up at six o'clock to get going and get, you know, moving and get some food and whatever. So so the only thing the whole process my bike is ready to go, my clothes are ready to go, the weather looked good. You're there. Like we stayed, like the resort's right on the court. Like there's no reason not to. Yeah. So I got up and just rolled down to Starbucks. It seemed like everyone was hanging out there. So I just sat there and ate some food and drank a little bit of coffee. And yeah, so it was a good decision. But what made me do it was I had no reason not to other than I was going to be really tired. Yeah. Which just isn't a good reason. For you guys listening, I mean, Ben rides a lot. He he owns a site called Mountain Bike Radio. He is in this industry. I think uh, to tell people that you're going out there and then end up not having your name on the on the finishing list would have been really kind of kind of yeah. It'd be dis it'd be disappointing for myself just because I yeah like you can't do that. (laughs) It's only ninety I don't even know ninety three miles. You know I think I finished in I can't remember just over five hours was it? So I mean really five hours. I mean you can get through that. You have adrenaline for a reason. Yeah, for sure. So what we're going to do on just kind of painting this picture is we're going to do just some some feedback on the town, like our impressions of it, your feedback on the race. I'm going to give a little feedback on what, what I was doing a little bit because I've talked about that with the other athletes. Um, and then the after party because that was just kind of a fun little little piece of it. So catch them. We both kind of said we thought this was like this this – cow town in the middle of Idaho <laughs> and we get in there and this is, this is the furthest thing. This is like fancy mountain resort, right? Is that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, so in the process of doing this, I didn't check really what Ketchum was. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, Ketchum, you know, it's a small town out in the mountains. Beautiful. You see these pictures and stuff. And I didn't really put, I, I'd never been up in the area. This is my first time in Idaho. I had no idea what it was like. And I never really bothered to check, I guess. Like I never like, said, hey, Google Ketchum, Idaho, and see what it's all about, you know. And we get up there, and it's like Sun Valley Resort. I'm like, wait, Sun Valley, like ski, Sun Valley, like the, the ski hill? And uh, 
So yeah, I was surprised. I didn't know it was like the same place. Yeah, it's such a cool town. You know, typical, yeah, typical like fantastic. grid block. Uh, really cool, funky restaurants. You can definitely tell you're in the West. Just a really pretty place, and just we woke up to just blue skies everywhere. Um, big kind of rolling mountains. I wouldn't call them, you know, tremendously huge, but they're they're really kind of you just kind of set in this little little pocket in town. Really cool. Um, so I'm gonna let you just take it. The ra- you, you've mm-hmm. done a lot of races. You've done a lot in uh, like 24 and 12s and and long distance mountain races. So you can give a little more insight to this. But um, and, and you also organize some some grinders yourself. So mm-hmm. so tell me the, from the setup, organizationally, how, how it felt, the energy. <coughs> Excuse me. And then the actual ride. Like t- tell me what you're riding and uh, how you finished up and how you felt and what the field was like. Just the overall feel. All right, so I'll start off with, like I said, I rolled into, first of all, from the very beginning, uh, it was very organized, so that was good. So you knew kind of what you're getting into. You knew, like, things are going to be where they said. Uh, you knew, had an idea that, the, like, the aid stations would be ready to roll. So you didn't really have those kind of worries. You didn't have to, like, really consider. So you knew you'd, you know, if you take a couple bottles and a, a, something to eat, the aid station, would they'd have you rolling. So that kind of that eases that issue, right? Because a lot of times you go into race and you're thinking, well, what about this? What about this? You had all those answers already answered for you. So you didn't have to worry about checking and didn't have to worry about the start. Where do I go? All that kind of logistics. Good. Um, so I, like I said, I rolled up to Starbucks in the morning, and um, that's where everyone was. Everyone was talking. I actually saw I ran into a, a couple different people that I knew that I had never met face to face, I guess. Um, and so it was cool to be able to like see people there talking, you know, everybody was sitting, sitting around chatting. So it was, it was pretty cool that way. Um, and then the race, you know, we all got after a little while, we all got to get, Oh, the other thing too is, so I go from one of the people I met in the, in Starbucks was Jim Cummins, who is one of the race directors or one of the owners, race directors of the Dirty Kansas 200. So if anybody knows what that is, it's a huge race uh, in Kansas. And I saw him, talked to him, and I ran out to the bathroom. Uh, I walk out of the bathroom, walk around the corner, and Rebecca Rush is standing right there. And I'm like, oh, hi, how's it going? You know, and uh, introduced myself, and we had talked. Uh, she was on one of the shows. We had talked briefly. So from that perspective, it's really cool to you know run into Jim Cummins and then uh, Rebecca Rush. So those are two big names that people would recognize. Um, so we got to the start. The start was we rolled out on this this road for I don't know how long is that to the base of that climb? Maybe like six, seven, eight miles or something like that. Um, it was kind of a neutral start, but we all kind of just everyone just rode together. Um, nobody really pushing anything crazy. But then all of a sudden, it, it that kind of the flat road ends and then you climb up out of the valley on this dirt road that's like the big climb of the of the race um and that climb is i don't five six miles maybe i don't even i don't know the distance i just know it was a good enough climb that it separated everybody right away yeah and if you guys fast guys went off if you guys want to check out any of the courses just as a really quick side note ben just go to rebecca's private idaho.com and there's a course link and you can see all all of the the um Help me out. Topography, I guess. It's yeah. All, it's all yep. there. Yeah. Yep. And so it's it's really not – I mean that's the big climb of the day. The rest is pretty rolling. Um, but it was good because it was a little bit cold in the morning. You weren't sure what to wear, whatever. 
so that climb, it warmed up right away. Obviously, it warmed you up right away, and then by the time you got to the top is when the sun was out. It was beautiful. So you didn't have to, you know, some arm warmers and had a vest for a little bit and took that off right away. So the weather was perfect to climb. It was hard because it was steady, long, and you had to get in your packs right away because this is an open race on rolling gravel roads. So if you don't get in your pack, you are going to be blown off the back, you know, because you want to draft with a group of people. Um, so you had to make sure you were in your group by the top of the climb. So it takes a little bit of experience of, of racing that type of thing to really figure out where you're at in the groups. But uh, going into it, I knew I had a time in mind and I knew what the pace would be. So I kind of tried to pick, you know, what group was what and went with that. So then when you get to the top of that, it's it's like downhill and flat and you are just you're going down the gravel road at 20 miles an hour in packs of like eight or nine people. Um, and so like the next 15, 20 miles, I was with a group of people. Um, another group caught us and then kind of split apart, came a different group. And let's see. And then after that, it kind of, you do this long, wide open thing and it got really split apart. I got dropped off that group cause I didn't want to be part of that pace. Um, and which I ended up catching a few of those guys later on just because they couldn't hold it. And, uh, the views, like like you said, it's it's not like big jagged peaks, but there's pretty high mountains around, but they're real rounded. It's pretty unique. Like if you're used to thinking Colorado mountains, it's definitely not like peaks like that. So it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and it just rolls the next I don't even know how many miles. Kind of the whole midsection of the race is is rolling down these gravel roads that are pretty wide open and rolling. So. Um, you do this kind of loop out and back or kind of out and back from this, the furthest aid station. And, uh, you could just, so you could kind of, at that point, like I could tell who I wanted to chase down and who was behind me and you could calculate like time differences. So I'm not the fastest guy, but I finished pretty good. I what I can't remember what I say, 15th or 20th or something like that. Um, it's pretty good though. Yeah. So I was trying to compete, you know, I was trying to at least pick off a few people here and there. And then, um, so nothing too interesting as far as like animals, like run across the road or anything like that. But, um, it was, uh, I got around on this loop, almost completed it. And this, the leading woman came flying up and she's like, all right, let's go. Cause I, I kept, you know, I saw her coming. So I'm like, all right, I'll just kind of rest up and wait till she gets here and we can work together or whatever. And, uh, she was ripping the hardest, like the most, uh, the bumpiest section of road that you kind of go is like a, like a kind of a long winding downhill, but it's real rutted and real washboard. And she was just ripping through all that stuff. So it was, it was pretty fun to, to work together for, you know, 10, 15 miles. It was like 10 miles with her. So it's funny. I just interviewed her, uh, for this, this, the same show as Sarah Barber. Yeah. Okay. The the one that's kind of funny. Cause you told me that before, but I didn't know who, I didn't have a name yet. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, and she was it was good and I eventually found out that she was like a minute or two ahead of me and I just I the later like after I'd ridden with her for a while, I just didn't have enough to draw but I was I was actually starting to feel kind of tired, like sleepy tired. <laughs> so that's why I was like it just I didn't have it from that perspective. But anyhow, she she kept steady and a couple other guys tried to hang on her and like they couldn't do it. They fell off. Like one of the guys I had ridden with earlier in those packs, 
he went flying by, and then like 10 miles later at the base of the climb before you kind of finish up, he just dropped off face of the map. So it was really interesting to see, to be able to have it a wide-open gravel race like that because you don't always get the opportunity in a regular mountain bike race to like just let it rip, ride in packs, kind of look over the hill to see where somebody's at. So it's what you're lacking in, in the single track, which people are always like asking you know, they always want to say, well, what's the single track like? You don't go into this expecting a single track. You go into expecting it's a whole different type of race, something different, a, a different way to challenge yourself. And that's exactly what it is. And it's really cool. I I went into it with attitude like, yeah, it's going to be cool, but I kind of want to find something that I, you know, because you're like, on one hand, you're positive. On the other hand, you're like, okay, so would I do this kind of thing again? Like, what did I get out of it? And I love it. I yeah. dug it because you can, I like that pack style of racing. It's fun. And it's not on the road, you know, like you can, you've there's some technical skills. And, and so you're seeing a lot of roadies come over too and, and kind of enjoy it because it's, it's more laid back. You can still hammer a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just, yeah, not, it's a good mix. Yeah. It's a good mix. So, but no, it's cool. Yeah. No, as far as bike, you, uh, one more thing. Yeah. As far as bike, um, nothing special, no special gravel bike. You know, for me, my setup was, uh, salsa El Mariachi I'd been riding all year with a rigid fork and then I just took um, I have crest wheels that I used an extra set and I just put on a, a two inch wide Kenda Cosmic maybe I forgot what kind of Kenda tires they are but two inch wide just so a little skinnier but I'm a mountain biker and I I just go with the wide tires because I didn't know what to expect so. Yeah, that's cool. No, and I love when you guys start talking gear. The difference between like brand names and then actual, actual components. <laughs> like when you when you guys start talking in between them, I just think they're all the same thing. So you say rigid fork. I'm just thinking, is that like for steak or or like mashed potatoes? What do you what do you use that for? <laughs> Both. Exactly. I I give all the gearheads so much crap. It's, it's cracks me up. So while yeah. while Ben was out there enjoying um, that whole process, uh, I. Went down to town, got a great breakfast at the something moose. I actually took you there the next morning. Um, smiling moose. I don't know, really good, like local fare. Just uh, oh my gosh, good food, man. So yeah, Ben freaking killed it. I I got the skillet the first day, and it's just like <laughs> typical like mountains, you know, potatoes and eggs and bacon and, and veggies and all this stuff. And I barely could eat three quarters of it the first day, and I actually got it the second day because it just looked so good. Because I went and rode some single track while he was out riding the the course. And I finished like literally less than half of mine. Ben finished all of his and all of mine. I was like, Holy <laughs> crap! You must have burned a few calories yesterday. So that that was pretty cool. But yeah, I went and did that, and then uh, I worked for about an hour um, for Athlete on Fire, and and met some of the race directors and, and people that were running it. Colleen Quinlan, who's the the manager for Rebecca's deal, she's a great great gal who kind of introduced us to the race. Um, hung out with her for a few minutes, just got to know him. Helped. Uh, move some stuff around for the end of the race. Just I'm a race director as well. So I was happy to help out and then asked uh, some of the locals where I should go ride. I, I told them I had three hours and I, and I needed something that was kind of unique. So they sent me up on Adams and Eve's Gulch and uh, it was fun. You know, I, I hadn't ridden in forever. I probably rode 25 miles that day and uh, it was great. Like when you, I don't know, Ben. Do you feel this way? You're in really good biking shape, so it's a little different right now for you. But when you go somewhere new and all the stimulus is different, how much more energy you have? Isn't, isn't that pretty cool? Oh, it's – yeah, there's definitely something to that. Yeah, I love uh, it. Yeah. 
So yeah, I wrote and I, there's this little flow track piece and I had like this huge warning sign helmets and pads <laughs> should be needed. So I was like, Holy crap. You know, I've written up out here where I feel like there's some good technical stuff. It's like, man, what is this going to be? Is this going to be like a little two by four over like a crevasse? And, uh, no, and if you, if you flew down it, like you could run into some issues, but I think it's just a warning because there's some high banks and stuff like that, but, um, really cool trails. You didn't crash. Yeah. Some crashes here and there. And then, uh, Something oh, you get, did. Oh, yeah, you did. Never mind. You, you, I think that's when you were trying to do hyperlapse with your phone, though. Yeah, well, that's dumb. I, I jerry-rigged okay. my phone onto the, the handlebars because there's this new app that I was loving the whole trip. We were just using it to, to death. And uh, I don't know, going downhill with only your right hand on the brake is not the smartest idea. But anyway. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, so we get back together. We go out to the after party and a lot of networking. I'm not going to beat the, the after party up because everybody's talked about it. Um the the one highlight after all of the swag give, giveaways and the somewhat windy announcer <laughs> we uh we got to go do the Galande quaffing and the reason I'm going to talk about that game right now is because Ben was my teammate so me and Ben and Jay and what was his wife's name Tracy Tracy uh, we were a team we're practicing Ben's like nailing behind the back catches <laughs> with the so you're pushing the beer across the table and you got to catch it off the table drink it and then go to to the end of the line and uh, we lost by like one point, and it was like the second highest score. And we were all tore up. Ben, anything yes, on that? Um, yeah, I'm still, I'm still bitter. Still. Well, until until we go back and do something better, I, yeah. But it was fun. It's like it's um, basically think of college drinking game. Yeah. You stand on one side of the table. You wet down the table. Somebody slides a, a glass, like a glass mug of beer over your way you catch it and you drink the beer you slam it so you have you know jay and trace i don't know they're 40s and you have mid-30s guys and <laughs> we all probably don't drink a whole lot so if you start slamming like three four or five beers like it gets to be a lot yeah so it's probably a good thing that we didn't win that first round yeah we're, we're actually um, able to stay up pretty late because yeah. i think we lost early and the atmosphere guys i'm not i'm not in the in the cycling world so to speak I was kind of there because I, I had a chance to interview Rebecca, which you can go check out. Um, we had really good rapport on the show. <clears throat> and she invited me as a guest up there to just experience it. And that's kind of why I'm sharing this because it, it was a great, it was a gracious act on her kind, on her part. So I want to give back a little bit, but I, at no point I feel like I was like out of the loop or anything. Um, the funniest thing for me the whole weekend was everybody, you know, cause I was with you and they're like, Hey, how'd you do out there? I was like, well, man, I got in at like three o'clock and, uh, I went and rode single track all day and, and over almost everybody's like, oh man, that sounds like a great day. I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. So, I, but that's just to let you know, like it was very inclusive, just the after party and people are just kind of hanging out, um, the rest of the night. It was, it was a great experience. Yeah. I will say, um, you know, a lot of times you'll go to a race and it seems more so with like a cross country than an endurance. I guess it's endurance one you kind of plan all day anyway, but, uh, the amount of people afterward, everyone stayed there. Yeah. Like everyone was at the, it seemed like most people were at the after party. It was a big block party basically. So kind of everyone was there checking out awards and they had some food available. And so it was one of those races where everyone kind of hung out afterward. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. You don't get that with a lot of races. I mean, that, that's one cool thing about destination races. If you guys haven't really traveled yeah. for a race, it's cool to just kind of immerse yourself in that whole culture for a short period of time. But yeah, resounding uh, marks on, I, on my end. Yeah, and I would make the trip again. And actually, I should check it 
map it from here in North Dakota because it might be closer. Um, oh, we can meet up in Wyoming like halfway and just hit it. Well, I'm already far north though. I know. You so you have to come all the way further up. That's fine. I need to go to Jackson and, and right. Yellowstone anyway. That'd be cool. Right. But but anyhow, I would I would say yeah on the destination type of thing. The other the one other thing that I would say regarding a destination, don't be afraid to just walk up to somebody and start talking to them. Yeah. Like you always say, what always happens is you're like, oh yeah, I'll check you out at the race. But I always feel like I'm the one going seeking people out and saying, hey, how's it going? Hey, this, hey, that, and people, other people. It's like they kind of don't know what to do. Yeah. Like, people. Don't be afraid to just walk up to somebody and say, hey, how'd it go today? My name, like I tell my son, Clay, all the time. Clay, when you go to school, when you go to daycare, you walk up to somebody and say, hi, my name is Clay. Who are you? Yes. And it works for adults as well. So don't <laughs> be afraid to do that. That's so funny. I do that with Wyatt. Yes. Clay was. <laughs> so, oh, I, so hi, let my me, name is Clay. Let me sum up everything. Me and Ben decide a few days before we're going to Idaho. Saturday morning, I have an event. We get together. We hit traffic. It takes us 13-plus hours. We get there at 3 o'clock. Ben is a beast. He goes and rides in the top 15%. We get done. We drink beers. We play goofy games. We hang out with really cool people. We go to sleep. We go get an amazing breakfast, and we drive 13 hours back. So Saturday, <laughs> drive 13 hours. Sunday, we ride a little bit, have a little fun. Monday, drive 13 hours. And we stopped and did some cool hike on the way back. So it was a, it was a yeah. great weekend. Hopefully you guys are finding an adventure in your weekends as well. And uh, this is just to Rebecca and her team. Thanks a lot again. Uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying these uh, this feedback from, from these athletes that are out there riding. Thanks a lot, Ben. Thank you. All right. Hey, everybody. Scott Jones again, uh, Athlete on Fire. You guys know I'm going through all of the amazing athletes, not all of the amazing athletes, but a lot of the amazing athletes that were out at Rebecca's Private Idaho. We're just doing kind of an audio review, kind of sharing some – some interesting perspectives from some of these athletes. And I'm sitting here with Neil Shirley of roadbikeaction.com. And uh, he's going to tell us, you know, basically what his experience was like. So, Neil, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Great. Thanks for having me, Scott. Yeah, thanks for, you know, if I was smart, I would have done all these reviews at the event. But I think actually letting it simmer a little bit, I'm going to get some some more thoughtful responses from a lot of the athletes in here. So, um, <laughs> I agree. It's taken me like two and a half months to get all you guys. There's about eight of you. And I, you're you're the last piece of the puzzle, so I'm excited to to get you on here. But why don't you take a second and uh, tell people who are listening who might not know who you are, you know, what you do, what your day job is, what road bike action is, and your history as a cyclist as well. Well, I'm uh, I'm an editor for Road Bike Action magazine. Um, I've been an editor for four years now. Um, I you know basically everything that's in the magazine, I have a I have a hand in on it. Um, but before that, I raced professionally uh, for 10 years, three years on the mountain bike, and seven years on the road bike. So as soon as I retired um, my racing career, I was able to transition straight into the magazine. And so I'm the, you know, the magazine still allows me to be just, you know, still, you know, I'm still so passionate about the sport and uh, it's, it's a great opportunity for that. So what's the main what's the main goal of road bike action? Is it is it just to reach just cyclists of all of all types and kinds? Uh, is it is it to share inspiration information? What's what's the main goal if there's one? You know we're we're really uh, tech focused, um, so we we do a lot of uh, a lot of bike and product reviews. Um, we don't we don't cover all the ins and outs of you know all the domestic or international racing, um, but 
we do do I you know we do a lot of project bike builds, which is exactly what I used Rebecca's Private Idaho for. Um, it was a it was a bike test um, and event you know event review all wrapped up into one. So we do a lot of stuff like that. Very cool. Uh, okay, so here's some disclosure for you, Neil. I love riding. I ride mountain bikes. I have a road bike. I'm the least I'm, I'm the least gearhead in the world. You know, I, I just like to get out and and ride and get fit and all that stuff. And I, and I have buddies on the opposite end of the spectrum, which I'm sure you know all these guys that like, you know, every milli ounce that you can take off of the bike is important, and all of the new, all of the new components and and all this stuff. So, um, I, I think it's I think it's awesome and and hilarious at the same time that there can be so that there can there can be such an extreme um, from people who know everything about all the all, all the technical pieces, and then people like me that just hop on a bike and start spinning that stupid thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're entirely right. I mean, some people, uh, take it almost too seriously, you know? And, uh, but it, you know, that's, what's, that's, what's so great about, about the sport. You know, you can, uh, you can be on one side or the other and you can still be out there on the same ride, having a great time. And, uh, you know, I, I think gravel events, adventure events, um, just like Rebecca's private Idaho, it's, it's the perfect launch pad to start thinking about different bike technology. And, and, you know, if you just go for a road ride, there's very few things you have to think about, you know, are my tires pumped up, you know, yeah. is my chain lubed, but in an event like that, that, that can be really demanding, you know, you really have to think about the gearing that you have, the tire width, tire pressure, um, if you're going to double wrap your handlebar tape, you know, for comfort, just, you, you know, there, there's really, there's a lot of, there's a lot of elements to discuss. And that's why it's been, it's been really fun for me, you know, in my position with the magazine to be able to, to, you know, take on those topics and, and to, to discuss them. Oh, that's a, okay. So like I said, to, total uh, newbie, don't, don't understand a lot of stuff. So in the world of tech and cycling, Tell me a trend or something that's really cool out there right now that you've you've stumbled upon in the last month or two. Um, you know, I, I think that there there's more and more um, of the larger bike brands really embracing um, embracing the gravel bikes and the adventure bikes because they've seen this this growing market. And so when you see the bigger brands jumping on, um, you know. Uh, you know, it's definitely arrived. Um, and, and that, that's really helping push technology. And so you're seeing more, you know, more bikes with disc brakes, which is, that's, that's a great thing for, uh, for the average rider out there, better braking, more control, better safety, you know, the, you know, that's a win for everyone. I would love, I would love to do a poll on, on people who rode disc brakes for the first time <laughs> who didn't yeah. go over their handlebars. I, I, it's, it's just hilarious. Like how sensitive they are and, and how much better they are for control and everything. It's pretty cool. All right. So let's talk about our RPI Rebecca's private Idaho. If you guys want to check it out, it's Rebecca's private or you can go to Rebecca rush.com. If you want to find out about this amazing woman who puts this, this, this event on. Um, so Neil, I don't remember talking to you about the first, did you go out for the first year too? I was not able to make the first edition. No. Okay, so this is your first time writing this event. Um, yep. T- tell us about you know pulling into to Sun Valley and Ketchum and, and just the town in general. Like, what, what was your first impression? What did you feel like when you got there? Just t- tell a little story there. Um, you know, when I was I was flying in, and you know, I'm, I'm we're getting really close to uh, to Ketchum, and 
I'm looking around and I'm like, man, I don't, I don't really see any mountains yet. You know, I don't know. This is supposed to be a hilly area. And then like literally just as, you know, we're five minutes from landing and I'm looking around and it's like, okay, now this is, uh, this is pretty legit looking. And, and so once we, once we pulled up into town, and and you know experiencing the 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 unique the the feel of of downtown itself and the surrounding mountains i, I was like this is this is a cyclist dream maybe not so much like a road cyclist dream out there you know limited paved roads but anyone that wants to ride their bike off road i mean it's limitless the directions you could go so i was i was really excited just for the opportunity to you know to ride out the basically the main you know the the ride starts on the main street and you just keep going on the main street and it turns into a dirt road climb. Um, so coming from, you know, coming from LA where I live, um, that's a, that's a pretty unique thing out there. Ketchum's cool. Like me and my buddy Ben from mountain bike radio, we, we drove out there and, uh, I told Rebecca this when I, when I got her, her spiel, but we pulled into town and it was, it was, it was definitely nicer. Like I was thinking like Cowtown. You know, I had no idea. Yep. And it was really, I mean, so, you know, if you're coming with family or a girlfriend or wife or, you know, husband, whatever, and they're not going to ride, there's plenty of stuff to do in town. There's plenty of places to go hike or hop on single track or, or whatever you want to do. It's really cool. And the food is really good. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I mean, for, for me next year, I told, I told my, you know, we have two young daughters and, um, I said, you know, it's a family trip next year and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll do a little road trip and everyone's going to have a great time. Oh, sweet. Okay. How old are your daughters? Uh, seven and three. Nice. See, I, by next year I'll have a, a four and a two year old boy. So we'll just throw those. Maybe I'll go up again <laughs> and we'll, we'll find like a, you know, a cow pen somewhere and we'll just throw them in there. Go for it. That's perfect. <laughs> and Good I would deal. do that. Yeah, so it's, de- it's, it's definitely like this town that is, is totally family friendly. And, and uh, I think it's important to add, even though the ride is the centerpiece, um, everything that goes into a, a destination event like that, you got to kind of take into account. Um, so tell me about your ride, man. Like, what, what was the experience like for you? Um, you? You know, you said it's kind of the best of both worlds. You, 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 get, the, uh, you, you get the kind of the adventure of, of mountain biking without the single track. Um, but it's not the intensity and the speed necessarily of, of, of road riding. So tell me about your ride and, and just what you took from it. Yeah. You know, like you're saying, it really is like this interesting blend between mountain and road because you still, you know, you're on, you're on a wide dirt road. So you still have like drafting still, you know, it, you know, is an effect like on the road. Um, so, you know, you still, you can be, you can be tactical out there, but yet, you know, there's, there's in a lot of places, there's only one good line. Um, you know, some, you know, there's a lot of rock. I, I had a flat tire out there just because I, I didn't see one of the rocks in the road. Um, so, it, you know, it's really, it's really interesting. And you find, you know, this, this meshing you have, like, you know, the cycle across, you know, cyclocross guys, mountain bike guys, road guys all out there doing the same event. Um, and so from like the competitive aspect of it, it, it's kind of this fresh new type event. So that's, that's always exciting. But then when you, you know, you combine that with just unreal, um, basic, you know, the, 
the views and the the scenery that you're riding through. I mean, you you end up getting a sore neck from turning, you know, looking in every which direction all the time. <laughs> did, you, did anything funny happen on your? I, I know you flat you flat it out, but did did anything funny happen out there? Anything you know story worthy happen on the course for you? Well, you know, there's there was one rider, um, a local local rider who. Um, Joshua Berry, he's, you know, he's a, he's a pro on the road and he showed up on a road bike and I knew, you know, I knew how strong he really is. And, you know, he's physically strong and he's ridden those, some of those same roads before. Um, but I figured there's no way he's going to be a factor because he has narrow road tires. And there were, there were five of us in the lead group, um, after the first third of the race and ultimately Joshua Berry on his road bike was the only one of us that did not flat and he went on <laughs> and he went on to win. And, you know, it was such a head scratcher because it was like, how is this possible? But, um, you know, it was one of those things where he had a little bit of luck and, a you know, a lot of skill and, and great ability and he came out on top. Was, but he, just, that was, was he just taking a chance, you think? Oh yeah. Yeah. He, you know, he, he didn't have a, a cyclocross bike or a gravel bike, um, Straight a sponsor specific one. So, you know, he didn't want to get in trouble from his team um, and ride something else. And so he I think he was just looking for the look, wanted to be out there and wanted to give it a shot. And it, it paid off for him. That is so funny. Okay. How quick are yeah. you changing the flat out there when you're, when you're pushing? Um, you know, maybe, maybe three minutes using, you know, using a CO2 cartridge, um, two and a half minutes, something like that. So you can, you can usually do, uh, do a pretty quick flat change. Yeah, no, that's impressive. You know, I've, I've never raced and I, I just those little things like practicing, if you can save a few minutes just cause you're quick with your, with your gear and, and changing it out, that's pretty cool. I always think, yeah, I, I think the little things are the most interesting to, to the, the masses, like the, the guy riding the road bike on gravel for, four hours, five hours, you know, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. So, okay. So you get done with your race, um, effort wise, how'd you feel afterwards? Were you you totally beat or are you feeling pretty good? I felt really good. Um, you know, the, the course was ultimately a little smoother than I had anticipated. So, you know, I wasn't too, too beat up from the bumps and vibrations. Um, and I was, you know, my fitness was really good. Um, I had trained a lot over the summer come kind of coming into it. So, so that aspect was good, and which was which was nice because when yeah, you're, I'm sorry. One second, you, my wife seems yeah. to have let the uh, office door open, and I have a one-year-old okay. and a three-year-old staring at me. <laughs> so anybody who's listening, I'm not editing this out. Wyatt, say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. All right, there we go. I'm going to get rid of them, and we'll continue the show. Give me one second. Sorry, man. One second. Come on, guys. Come on, little dude. This one lost his pants somehow. <laughs> that happens. Hey, Oh, crap. That's, it's amazing that's the first time that's ever happened, to be honest with you. Wow. That's good. <laughs> good. I'm sitting my here, and chaos. Wyatt comes in, my older one, and I'm like doing the shush sign, you know? 
and he just continues to walk in. And then two seconds later, my little one, who just started walking a couple months ago, sans pants, walks in, and uh, that's funny. My father-in-law <laughs> came out. He watches him for a few hours on Wednesdays. So okay. he, he came over, and my wife's talking to him in the living room. I was like, guys, what's going on? <laughs> All right, so hey. I will edit part of that out. But um, just go back to how you're feeling after the race. You can kind of just dive in there wherever you were. Yeah, yeah. I mean, by by the finish, I, you know, I still I still felt good, which makes it that much more enjoyable afterwards because there was uh, – Rebecca had plenty of festivities planned. So just, just hanging out, like, in the center of town, you know – food trucks there at the finish so you had your selection of whatever whatever you fancied um beer tent all you know all kinds of stuff and then just just i think what makes some of these events so special is like that fest festival atmosphere afterwards which mountain bike race so few mountain bike races have that anymore and road races have pretty much never had that um yeah so it's this place where everyone can get together hang out relax and like tell stories from you know from the event and and just have a you know a really cool time oh man it was it was a great after party and i I think i said on here me and my wife put on events and and putting on a good festival afterwards and making it good enough that people want to hang out it's tough because a lot of times people are tired and they just want to get out of there um but they had good music they had amazing awards and actually entertaining award ceremony and then they did the the Jelande quaffing or quaffing, I can never say it right. And, uh, <laughs> just the funniest drinking game I've ever seen in my life, and I actually played. Did you end up playing that at all? I, I didn't. I, oh I spectated it, but you know, for anyone anyone listening, like you need to you need to Google that because I had no idea what it was. But seeing a couple, you know, YouTube videos on that, it, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it might be more. It might be the only drinking game in the world that is more fun more fun to watch than play yeah and i'm a grown man i like playing uh drinking games on the weekends with my one and three-year-old but i could i could appreciate it it was it was a blast and then afterwards of course um it seemed it seemed like a lot of people went out and had grabbed another bite to eat somewhere and just kind of hung out and 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 networked and talked and just a really cool community feel um yeah i i definitely agree same thing cool Cool, man. Well, well, thanks so much for, for sharing your experience. I think, you guys, if you want to find out what Neil, Neil's working on, he told me a good place to find him is Facebook. And uh, it's just slash Neil, Neil Shirley. And I will link that up to the show notes of this report as well. And then go check out roadbikeaction.com. There's tons of content. It looks like you guys are blasting out tons of uh, content on a daily basis, which is which is really important. Is there... Or impressive. Is there anything particular that that we can go to on road bike action that you've done that you're really proud of? Um, well, the I guess one thing you know, if anyone wants to read my coverage from um, Rebecca's Private Idaho, it's in the newest Road Bike Action magazine, the January 2015 issue. Um, so there's a, there's full event coverage there um, where I talk about you know, the event and the, the equipment and the equipment setup that I use. So that, you know, um, check that out. I think that's, that's going to be a fun read for, for a lot of people. Awesome. And yeah, I'll link that up. And, um, I've been asking all the athletes and all, all the contributors to this little audio review to just define, describe Rebecca in, in, in a short sentence. She puts a lot of work into this, um, into this event and I love giving kudos to her. So, um, just take a second and, and tell people who you think she is. Um, she is a she's a 
a person with a lot of life. Um, she, she's always laughing and just motivated to, uh, to better the sport um, and, you know, better the people involved in the sport. Um, so she's been getting to know her a little more has been, has, has really been fun for me. Awesome. Well, Neil, this is, uh, it's been my pleasure. I really appreciate you coming on and sharing, uh, sharing your experience. Yeah. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Awesome. You guys, and if you want to, like I said, if you want to check out more, go to Rebecca's private And, uh, you can also find this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher and you know, we love reviews. So, so hook it up. Thanks a lot guys. All right, everybody. I'm here with uh, Burks Winterhurst. We're talking about Rebecca's Private Idaho. As you guys know, I went out there and I was a big wimp. I didn't compete. We drove uh, we drove 13 hours from Denver, Colorado. Got there at 2:30 a.m. My buddy Ben Wellnack from Mountain Bike Radio uh, hopped on the bike the next morning and, and did pretty well, really, for considering the the drive and everything. But uh, I I wanted to go check out some of the amazing single track up in Ketchum, which I did, uh, and that's the Sun Valley resort area in Idaho. I'm talking to some people who, who competed in the race and, and kind of had fun with it on, on the big gravel epic ride up there. And uh, so, so Burke, let's just dive in really quick. Man, I just, I'm, I'm trying to just get people's experiences because for me, even though I wasn't riding with you guys, mm-hmm. uh, it was just a great weekend, man. The place is gorgeous. And I'm, I'm in Colorado with some amazing scenes. What, what, what is your, your take when you first drive into Sun Valley? Like, Just kind of describe the area for us. Oh, man. Well, you know, the first time I actually visited Sun Valley was uh, the year previous um, to her, her inaugural event last year. A uh, buddy of mine um, and I, we usually do a fall mountain bike trip, and we decided we wanted to go up to Sun Valley and check it out because we'd heard so much about it. So uh, I just remember kind of driving into that, uh, that I don't know which, what you'd call that, the Sun, Sun Valley area, yeah. uh, you know, before you get to Haley, and I was just like, man, this is awesome. And, uh, and the, you know, the closer you get to catch them, the better it gets. And uh, it's just one of my, my most favorite places that I've, I've ever been to. I mean, it, it speaks to me on a variety of levels. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're, I mean, you're in a scenic place. You're in Salt Lake, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's not like you haven't seen big, open, amazing expanses before. Right. I think, I think you know, it's funny. Me and Ben were riding up. And we had, Neither one of us had any idea what catching was like. Uh, and we were kind of ignorant to to just check out the map and realize that Sun Valley is right there. But mm-hmm. like anything in the West, it just has this grand allure. Like you just, you're pulling into to the area of the Valley of the town and it just gets bigger and bigger as you get closer to town. Yeah. And uh, it's actually, you know, it's, it's kind of a nice little fancy ski resort, but there's really no easy way to get there. So as far as this ride is concerned, you automatically have this, this sense of community and everybody's kind of, I won't say stranded, but everybody's there for good just to kind of hang out and, and have some good fellowship and all that good stuff. So for people who aren't listening, talk about, uh, first of all, the trend of, of these gravel rides and why they're getting so big, and then just the culture of, of cycling in general. You know, yeah. a lot of my listeners don't really get that community that you get in, in an endurance sport. Can you just share some right. of those insights? Yeah, yeah. And before we jump into that, I just wanted to share um, something quick about uh, Ketchum and Sun Valley, um, that mountain bike trip that I, I did with my buddy. When we, we first got there, the people there were just so nice. I mean, it's unlike any other place I've been, we pulled up to a mountain bike trailhead and my buddy had a dog with him and we were, we hopped out and we were putting together our bikes and a guy pulled up next to us with his dog and he looks over at us and he's like, Hey, you want me to take your dog for a run while you guys go for a ride? And we kind of look at each other and we're like, uh, yeah, sure. And, uh, and that was just basically, you know, we were there for about five or six days riding and that, and that was just kind of the common theme and it, it got to be comical to the point 
where we were on a mountain bike ride one day and we rode past some people and, and they were just friendly, you know, <laughs> they weren't <laughs> over the top and my buddy and I looked at, looked at each other and we're, we're, he said something like, well, what's wrong with them? We both just started laughing because, you know, it wasn't like, you know, over the top that like we'd been used to. It was just simple friendliness. So we had a pretty good chuckle after that. I honestly can, people look at you weird if, if you have a dog on a trail half the time. I, yeah. can't, I can't imagine hitting a trailhead and, and somebody asking to go run your dog for you. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty funny. Oh, that's it's, so cool. Yeah. It's something I won't forget. Um, but yeah, go ahead. Oh no. I was gonna say, you know, I, I had a different experience because while you guys were out riding, I was kind of hanging out with some of the organizers and I went to a little local cafe in town and I can't remember for the life of me, but it had moose in the title, something moose cafe, um, uh-huh. just some of the best <laughs> food, but you know, I was like the only guy in there cause it's kind of their down season besides that, that event. Right. And, uh, just, just such a cool, if you guys have not been to a ski, ski resort town, first of all, you got to check it out, especially out West. Um, and, and catch is definitely one of those places that I would recommend. I would not recommend doing what me and Ben did. We both have young kids. So we, we had to leave our wives for a very short period of time <laughs> driving 12, 13 hours doing the event and driving 12, 13 hours the next day. Isn't really uh, the best way to go, but, but, um, yeah, let's dive into like the, the actual ride, you know, you're, yeah. you're part, you're part of this world. You put on an event, uh, yourself and we, and you mm-hmm. can, you can kind of share what that is here in a second as well. Yeah. Um, but I, I put on events like me and my wife have an event production company. So cool. just talk about the, the general feel. I thought it was well organized. It felt really clean. Like the, the event was, went off without a hitch from my point of view. How, how'd it feel to you? Oh yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Rebecca and her crew, um, the bike monkey guys, I mean, they're, they're, you know, obviously Rebecca knows what she's doing. She has, you know, years of experience under her belt, having participated in events. And then of course the, the bike monkey guys produce events and between the two of them, they, they just put on a really uh, top quality um, race and, and, and just not, not even just a race, but you know, something that everybody can kind of embrace and go out and enjoy and uh, you know, top to bottom, whether it's the actual course itself or the festivities afterwards, um, everything's just super fun. All right, so describe the course in your words, because I'm talking to a few, of the, a few of the riders that are out there. Uh, mm-hmm. I want to get some perspective. So what is this course to you, like difficulty level, um, views, of course, just mm-hmm. descriptive, because it is so amazing. Really, uh, an audio format can't really do it justice, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful course. Um, it starts up a pretty stiff climb, which I, I believe it's close to 1,000 feet, um, uh, gravel climb. And then once you, once you kind of crest that out, you have a quick descent, and then you're into just kind of this really cool rolling uh, gravel for the next, you know, <laughs> forever, it feels like, uh, with, with just incredible views all around. And, and uh, you know, last year, um, her first year she did, there was the unfortunate large fires that had been in the valley. And so the, the valley was kind of, you know, filled with smoke that first year. And so I didn't actually get a full appreciation for how beautiful the course was until this year when, you know, was the air was crystal clear and, you know, it was a beautiful sunny day and you're just kind of looking around going like, oh, okay, I get it now. I, I see why, why she chose this course because it wasn't, uh, wasn't quite as pristine, uh, as it was this year, but, uh, it, it's phenomenally beautiful. You get, you know, sweeping panoramas of, you know, towering peaks all around you. You're riding along this killer, um, freestone river, which uh, I almost crashed into a couple times because I was looking for trout <laughs> and my mind was kind of wandering. I'm, I'm a fly fisherman. And so, uh, that's probably the only thing that I really love more than riding my bike. And so I, I literally did almost take myself off the road at one point, kind of scanning the, uh, the water to see if I saw any, <laughs> any heads up down there. But, 
uh, the course is awesome. I mean, it's challenging, but it's not over the top hard. What, what, what was your approach going in? Were you, were you going in there to hammer it up or just hang out with some buddies and, and ride hard? Or what, what was your approach? Um, a little bit of both, actually. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't train or, or ride my bike nearly as much as I used to when I was uh, racing competitively. So first and foremost, I wanted to go there and just, just soak in the experience and hang out with some of my buddies. Uh, Neil Shirley was a teammate of mine from uh, back in 2005, and we hadn't really hung out in quite a while. So when I heard he was going to be there, I was I was all over it. So um, we actually got to room together and spend some time together and catch up. So um, it, I kind of accomplished everything I wanted to. I got to go out and um, beat myself up on gravel, uh, which is one of my most favorite things, and also just you know hang out with my buddies. So nice. it was mission mission accomplished across the board for me. So really quick, tell people. You know, I, I don't I don't dive into that piece right right, right away. But just for reference point, tell people mm-hmm. a little bit about uh, of your background as far as riding is concerned. Your com- your competitive years. Uh, yeah, so I started uh, I started racing at the the elite like Cat One uh, level when I was 19 years old, and I'm now 41. Um, I turned professional in 1998 and raced for 13 years as a professional, um, primarily on the road. Uh, and I also um, mountain bike raced off and on for about 10 years, uh, which I really loved. Um, but uh, the, the, the road bike was, was how I put bread, you know, bread on my table. So, uh, but uh, I just, I love, I love bike riding, period. You know, it doesn't matter if it's on a mountain bike or, or gravel or road bike. Um, if I can get out somewhere that's beautiful, uh, you know, out in the woods or whatever, um, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, you know, the bike has always just kind of been a, a tool for me to, to take me places where I want to be. And so, you know, it doesn't matter to me what the, what tire I'm using to get there. <laughs> oh, and that's, that's so refreshing, especially coming from a, from an ex pro road guy, you know, like there's so much goofy, there's so much goofy posturing and like, just, I don't know, the cultures of each little small area of right. cycling is so goofy. Like, yep. Ben, I, I, I crack on my buddy Ben of Mountain Bike Radio all the time because I'm like, dude, really? I honestly couldn't tell you. I'm probably on the other extreme. Like, I can't tell you hardly anything gear-wise. I should mm-hmm. probably know a little bit more. But I'm like, if, you, if you're fit and you have and you kind of have a heart for just getting on a bike, it, it really yep. doesn't matter. You can experience so many cool things just by getting out there, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, and that's actually kind of why I gravitated towards mountain biking, uh, what, what you were saying, how you kind of get each, each discipline has its own kind of quirks and, like you said, posturing, for lack of a better word. And, uh, and I, you know, quite frankly, I, I kind of got fed up at certain points with, with road racing and road coach, culture. I still loved it, and, and you know, it was my career. But at at certain points, I wanted to kind of find another way to enjoy the bike, and so I would I would find myself, you know, on my mountain bike quite a bit during the summers, just to kind of stave off that staleness uh, of doing just you know something so one dimensional in terms of you know just road racing. So, uh, and then of course the the whole gravel thing um, was kind of born out of that as well. I started riding my bike on my road bike on dirt roads. Uh, you know, just simply to, to see new areas and, and go to places I wanted to be that, that weren't on pavement. So um, that's where my love of gravel came from. I mean, the gravel thing, for, for anybody listening, is just blowing up like crazy. A, I think the permitting, from an event standpoint for me, the permitting mm-hmm. is a lot easier and it's a lot less stressful. <laughs> and, and you can get, you can, I mean, it's not going to be like a, a traditional mountain bike race, but you can get lots of mileage in without stressing out as an event producer. So it's easier to yeah. produce. And then you can get a lot of the same community that a lot of a lot of road 
road bikers have had for years, being able to ride together and draft a little bit and stay, you know, kind of work as yep. a team, which you can't do on single track for the most part. Right. So I think there's just a, there's just a perfect uh, culmination. Um, and of course, some of the technology with, with the bikes that, that's come out has made it easier to ride gravel enjoyably, which is yeah, really yeah. cool. So, so I have, I have like two more questions regarding this event. Really quick, guys, mm-hmm. if, you, if you guys want to check it out, it's rebeccasprivateidaho.com. Um, and I, I told those guys I would, I would interview some, some of uh, the athletes just because I had such a cool experience myself, and I definitely want to go back and ride the sucker. Um, <laughs> are you going to go back, do you think? Uh, you know, I, I, it's definitely in the books. I, I definitely want to go back, although that, uh, that particular weekend is, you know, uh, the Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I'm sorry, Labor Day weekend. I always get those two mixed up. <laughs> yeah, I do too. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's jam-packed no matter where you go. And uh, I actually have um, one of my most favorite things is uh, there's a sheepdog show that they have here in, in Utah that's on that weekend. So I've missed that the last couple of years. So I might possibly take a year off so I can watch my sheepdog show because that's one of my most favorite things. But uh, if I'm not doing that, um, I will definitely be in Idaho riding the gravel. Did you say sheepdog show? Yes, I did. Is this like a, a like a do, like a typical dog show? Or are they doing like crazy tricks? Are they, are no, they... no. So it's actually this is kind of getting <laughs> off topic, but I, I'm really passionate about this because I love it so much. It's like my favorite sport, for lack of a better word, like that I can watch. But uh, it's it's basically working sheepdogs that are you know used to being out in fields and, and like old uh, school, old school, yeah. So that you know they they have them on a course and there's a handler and they send the dogs out over a quite a large area and they have them bring down sheep. Uh, and, nice. you know, take them through uh, fence panels and then eventually uh, separate them and then pen them. And uh, it's just so much fun to watch these things because the dogs are just, they're so focused and they're such incredible athletes. And, you know, all they want to do is do exactly what's expected and, and told to them by their handlers. And, and I really just love watching it. Oh, my gosh. That's freaking awesome. I would never think that a sheepdog show would be exciting. But old school sheep sheepdogs, herders, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. All right, uh, two actually two questions. Um, yes, Rebecca Rush, amazing athlete, of course. Yeah, she's doing this because she's passionate about cycling. Getting she's doing so many cool things with youth up in, up in uh, Ketchum and all over the country. Oh, yeah. So really quick, who who is she to you? Kind of, I, I think everybody's perspective of individuals are based on on their relationships. So so kind of who is she as an athlete person to you? Well, you know, be, before this event, I I didn't really know her. I'd seen her at some mountain bike races that I was participating at, but I actually hadn't met her. So. Um, last year when I went up there for my first time, I, I met her and um, I was just struck by how down to earth she is. Um, you know, first and foremost, she's just a, a genuine, authentic person. And and uh, that to me, that's like, you know, that's the coolest thing in the world. When you see somebody that's accessible, you know, somebody who's accomplished it in, you know, in one fashion or another, and you see they're still much, very much down to earth and uh, approachable. And she's just, you know salt of the earth kind of person. And so I'm, I immediately felt, um, you know, a connection with her. Uh, and, and also to see, you know, that this event isn't for her, isn't just about, you know, kind of transitioning from, from what she might be doing as an athlete into something later, but it's, it, like you said, it is her passion and she's very passionate about, um, making a, a positive effect in her community and with all the charities that she has involved with the event and and just just the passion she has for bike riding and bike racing, it's 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 quite impressive. Yeah, I think that would probably, it's probably going to be the answer across the board. But I was going to ask it nonetheless. <laughs> I felt the same way, and um, you know, in big groups and stuff. I'm not the guy. I, I don't. I never feel confident enough to like just go up to people. 
Um, but her and her team, Colleen, like those guys are just so cool. And it's, it makes you feel like you want to be, be able to help get people up there. And that's kind of yep. like what this is all about. So I, all right, Brad, I appreciate man, all, all the insights for anybody who's thinking about going out there. Here's another person you can, you can reach out to and, uh, and just learn more about, about that event. And, and before we leave, I want you, I want to give you a chance just to talk about your event. I know you put on one as well. If you want to take a minute and, and tell us about that. Yeah, I, I put on a, a similar event here in Utah. It's called the Crusher in the Tusher. Uh, it's named after the uh, the Tusher Mountain Range, which is located down in uh, kind of south central Utah, uh, in my hometown of Beaver, Utah. And uh, you know, the, the idea for the event, um, kind of how I was explaining to you, is when I was road racing, and I just kind of wanted to broaden my broaden the scope of my rides and go into some really cool places. And you know, it didn't matter to me that it was on gravel. In fact, that once I started riding gravel on my road bike, I became totally addicted to it because it's, you know, it's kind of this cool juxtaposition of, you know, being on a road bike, but also doing stuff on a road bike that you probably, you know, you weren't ready for and, you know, coming down descents on your road bike or, you know, going up some climbs and you're not quite, you know, properly geared for them and, and just seeing stuff that you would never see, um, you know, pedaling on, on asphalt and, and also just, uh, being in isolated places where you're by yourself and alone and you have time to think and you can, you know, kind of check out nature and not, you know, not have cars bearing down on you and that kind of stuff. So, um, so that, that's kind of, you know, where my idea for the event came from is, um, I thought, man, someday I would lo- really love to put on an event that incorporated these roads and, uh, you know, and wasn't explicitly for a mountain bike or for a road bike, but people could come and, you know, ride whatever bike they, they deemed worthy or, or appropriate for the course. And so when I retired in 2010 from professional racing, uh, I immediately started working on this to make it a reality. So it, it had been about 10 years kind of just living in my mind. And, and as soon as, uh, as soon as I, I, you know, the day I finished racing, basically I'm like, all right, I'm doing this thing. I'm going to go for it. I don't, I don't know if it's going to work, but I'm going to try. Cool. How's it doing? It's great. You know, uh, the first year, 2011, uh, we had 180 people show up, which, you know, I, I didn't expect that. I was hoping to get 100 people at, at best. Uh, and this was our fourth year, and we, uh, we capped it at 400 riders, or I'm sorry, 600 riders. Um, nice. they, yeah, and, and we filled that up uh, pretty quickly when we opened registration. So um, it's exceeded my expectations and kind of the reception it's gotten from, from the cycling community. And um, I just I feel super fortunate to, to be able to do something like that. Awesome, Burke. Well, thanks for thanks so much for kind of sitting down and, and sharing some stories about your Idaho trip. And uh, yeah, you betcha. You guys should definitely check out what he's doing in in Salt or in Utah. That that event looks really fun. All these events. See, I, I have event ADD. They all look fun, <laughs> of course. That's the problem. Yeah. But definitely, guys, check out Rebecca's private Idaho. Uh, tons of cool people up there, just like Burke. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey everybody, Athlete on Fire, Scott Jones here again, and as you know, I am, I'm going through the gamut of so many athletes that were up at Rebecca's Private Idaho, and this is no different. We have an athlete from Idaho, Boise, I believe, and uh, this is Sarah Barba. Sarah, how are you doing? I'm great, thanks. How are you? Awesome. Thanks for coming on. I think, did you say this is your first time on Skype? It, yeah, I got a Skype account just for this interview. I feel like, I mean, I'm living in the 90s or something, or the 80s. I don't know when was Skype invented, but yeah. You know, it's funny because you know we I get so many adventurous and, and athletic people on the show and, and so so many of the athletes are so passionate about what they're doing and obsessed almost that they don't even take the time to get a Skype account and I won't make fun of you too much because 
you are taking the time to, to show up. But we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about your experience with, with Rebecca's Private Idaho. I'll just say RPI the rest of the time. Sure. Um, and before we do that really quick, you're with DNA Cycling, DNA Racing. DNA Cycling, uh-huh. And, uh, and, and the website that we can learn more about that team is at k4racing.com. Right. Correct. Yeah. All right. So you guys can check out some stuff about Sarah there as well. All right, Sarah. So let's let's just tell a story. You started telling it offline, and I stopped you because I thought it was it was already getting kind of inter- interesting. Um, yeah. But you're not used to to riding gravel. So how did no. you how did you end up in in uh, Ketchum, Idaho? All right. Well, so I know Ketchum because I'm growing up in Idaho. Um, I am a road racer by trade and probably do 90, 90% of my riding on pavement. I do, I do own a mountain bike, of course, and I enjoy single track and trails and, and that sort of thing. Um, but I just, you know, I focus pretty much exclusively on the road. And so um, the way I got the opportunity to do RPI is that a, um, a woman who's based out of Colorado who does uh, a lot of web coverage of women bike racing events um, – had been invited to go to RPI and cover the event from a web journalism perspective and Instagram it in real time and write a piece about it afterward. And she was just tapped out, super busy, didn't want to make the trip up to Idaho. So she contacted me because I met her at a road race this summer. She remembered that I lived in Idaho. And she said, hey, you know, do you know anyone from the state of Idaho or or anyone who would just be willing to go up and and, uh, cover this event, participate and cover it? And I was like, hmm. That sounds like something I could do because at that point in the season, you know, it was like the end of August when she was contacting me and my season goal was two weeks away, two and a half weeks away. I thought it was my season goal, um, master's national time trial. And I had done that race the previous year and won it. So this year I was all hot to go defend, except I wasn't that hot about it. Like I think it had just been a long season and I was feeling a lot of pressure and wasn't feeling confident that I was where I needed to be. Um, not so much with my fitness, but more with where my head and my heart were. I just wasn't, wasn't sure I was into it. And so uh, when she asked if, if I knew anyone who could do this other ride in Idaho as an alternative, I thought, whoa, I think she's talking about me. Um, and I, I felt no pressure because it was something totally different. Unlike anything I had ever done, I had no idea what to expect. Um, cause I ride a mountain bike, but I think my longest mountain bike ride on dirt was probably 35 to 40 miles. And, uh, <laughs> my longest road bike ride, seriously, like I never rode a hundred miles on the road. I think my longest was maybe high eighties or low nineties. And it was only as a result of having completed like a long stage at a race and then having to get back to the van or the car. Like I don't purposely go out and ride more than I think my longest ride is like about 80 miles on pavement. Wow. So you did that. Did you do the hundred up there and catch them? I did. I did. And I was glad that it was 93 actually, not a hundred. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but in my head I was ready for a hundred mentally. I was like, I think I'm doing a hundred miles, you know? That's cool. So, okay. So I've talked to a handful of athletes that were up there and mm-hmm. just because it's such a beautiful place, just, just describe the backdrop and why it's kind of such a unique, it's got such a unique feel from, from when you show up to the after party and the actual ride. So when you show up, you know, I got there the day before and the whole town is out in force because they, it coincides with Labor Day weekend and then also, um, uh, wagon days, catch them wagon days. So there's like a parade and there's all kinds of things going on. So my opinion is that there's really something for everybody there. I mean, you could bring the whole family and make a weekend out of it. Um, the weather's still nice enough that it's, it's not freezing cold at night, although it was pretty cold at the start, but, um, 
so yeah so when you get there you know it's a uh the sun valley is kind of a unique area it's um it's a valley really of course sandwiched between the mountains and you've got like the white clouds and the boulder mountains and um so you're kind of in a, in a valley surrounded by mountains and there's like rivers and that kind of thing and uh you know you start you start right in town where there's all the hype and festivities and you just go due north, like straight out of town, road turns to dirt and pretty soon you're climbing. Is that kind of what you mean? I mean, it's yeah. just like, no, yeah. yeah. So then before you know it, you're in the mountains cause they're right there. I mean, so you get into the mountains and then, um, once you drop over that first summit, it opens up into this huge basin, copper basin, I guess. Beautiful mountains all around. The skies are, I mean, oh, I can't even describe like this. It was blue sky with like patchy clouds here and there. And like, I took some awesome pictures. I took them while I kept it rolling because I didn't want to waste time stopping. But yeah. I did take some good pictures and was just like amazed at the beauty. And then, you know, you kind of make a lollipop like a circuit and climb back out. But there weren't, you know, if, if there weren't other people on bikes, you could go for miles and not see anybody, not another soul. What was, the, what was the riding like for you? Were you, were you, were you guys uh, riding as a team? Were you riding by yourself? No, you I was totally by myself. So, you know, I show up and I'm on a mountain bike and I would say maybe, I don't know, 30% mountain bikes, maybe 70% cyclocross bikes. I don't know. I would be interested to hear what other people, uh, what their perception was. That's just me just guessing by looking at the crowd. And, you know, I wonder, oh, I'm on this, you know, heavy mountain bike. Is this going to be a bummer? But it really wasn't because I'm lucky. I have a nice lightweight mountain bike. And then, um, you know, I could rip the downhills better than maybe I would have been able to on a cross bike. I don't own a cross bike. Um, and being a roadie, I don't have the best, like, off-road handling skills. So <laughs> I think the mountain bike probably made up for probably, um, compensated for my weaknesses, you know? Yeah. And so I was, uh, in the beginning, you know, you start in a pack and the roadie in me is thinking, all right, we're on pavement. So I got to stay in this group as long as possible. And I'm just going to just quietly surf here, kind of in the middle of the pack protected in the draft, you know? And then when things go, when you start hitting the dirt and hitting the climb, I just was like, I'll just have to do what I can. And so then I was actually alone quite a lot on the dirt. Um, Cause like there was a lead group of people who really got away the guys. And then I was kind of on my own and went as hard as I could down the bottom, tried to catch some people on the backside. And then for a brief period of time, I was in this group of probably, maybe six guys on cross bikes and maybe two other mountain bikers besides me. And we actually kind of had a pseudo pace line going for <laughs> just a few miles. I mean, it kind of fell apart because I think, you know, the roadie, the you know, people with road background do it a little differently and whatnot. Plus it was a hard pace. So I kind of came off of that. And then I was alone, alone, alone for the vast majority of the remains of the course. Every now and then I'd come upon someone and we'd ride a little bit together and then one of us would get dropped by the other one. And then finally, towards the end, I was didn't want to be with anyone. Like, I was so <laughs> tired and irritable, you know? Like, just like, oh, when is this going to be over? So I, uh, I think it was hour four to hour five that was, like, my darkest time. And I was alone for a lot of that. And I remember <laughs> at one point, I caught up to this guy on a cross bike. And he just was way too cheerful. He's like, hi, my name's Jason. I'm from Colorado. And I was like, hi. He's like, what's your name? And I was like, Sarah where are you from? And I was like, you know, I really don't feel like talking right now. I was about to cry. Seriously. Jason, if you're out there, it's Sarah Barber. She lives in <laughs> Boise, Idaho. You can go hunt her down. Oh, he was nice. He meant to be friendly, but I was like, I can't talk. I need to just pedal, you know? So, so, so how'd you end up doing? 
Well, this is the weird part, Scott, is I ended up winning the women's race. <laughs> and really, you know, unexpected because like I said, I didn't go in there planning it as a race. I was like, I'm just going to try to show some hustle, keep it steady and get this done. But I wasn't thinking like podium even. I was like, just finish the longest ride of your life on dirt. That was my plan. <laughs> and the trouble is then once I knew, I knew where I was because somebody – some guy had said, hey, there's one gal up ahead of you or something like that. And I was like, oh, well, that's good. I'm, you know, top three. I'll go for top three. And then when I caught her and I could tell she just wasn't moving very fast, I was like, okay, it's game on. I got to go for it now. And then I just kept the pressure on and I didn't look behind me. I mean, I have no idea who else was out there. I just, once I was in the lead, I was like, I got to go. That happened about probably 40 miles in. So after that, I did kind of put some pressure on myself. No, that's so cool. So, okay, I have about five more minutes here, but okay. a couple things. Yeah. You're you're t- you're typically a road. You're you're right. You're not riding long gravel races as you share, no, you share with us. No. So get, give a, a pitch almost to to other roadies out there on why they should try a gravel race or at least you know some kind of mountain bike race. Absolutely no. I would do honestly. Like after that, I was like, this is my new thing. I'm a gravel grinder racer. I'm better at this than anything else. So here's why it's funny is so for a roadie, you know, we have the fitness from those long, long miles. We can draft when it's convenient. Um, if there's someone to draft, which you can't count on. I mean, um, the bike handling, you don't have to be like an awesome technical rider or an awesome descender, especially if you use a mountain bike like I did, because then you have that added stability in the wider tires and stuff. So it's almost like doing a road race on dirt. And you also kind of get to do your own thing a little bit though, because it's not, you're not in a big pack. So there's no stress of like worrying about overlapping wheels or someone else taking you out. Cause if you're like me, you end up alone for a long time. Um, but you got the diesel engine to do it and you don't need the technical skills. Oh man, that's, you've thought about this, huh? Oh yeah. Like, <laughs> endlessly. And then I've debated like, should I have had a cyclocross bike instead of a mountain bike? I'm going to stick with my original though, like carbon hardtail 29er. Like I had, um, it was compensating for my weaknesses, which would be descents and corners and, um, playing to my strengths, which is that I do happen to have quite the, like, I just have a lot of, I think power to just power that thing up the hills and along the flats. No, so cool. So cool. Okay. So that's the race, which is, is obviously yeah. the highlight for, for the diehard cyclists. Absolutely. I'm not a diehard cyclist. I can get, I, I can get on most trails out here in Colorado and have a good time, but yeah. I told you off air. I went and just rode single track and catching while she, while, while her and my buddy uh, Ben from Mountain Bike Radio were out there racing, and uh, I had a blast. So if you're if you have a friend who wants to get out there and compete and you just want to go explore the single track, there's like 800 miles of single track out there. It's just nuts. So it's really beautiful from that end of the the spectrum. But then we got to talk about the after party, and the after party was pretty. It's pretty fun, man. I gotta admit. So what did you think about that? Epic. I mean, really, like as far as party goes, it, it, you know, it had a lot to live up to. Cause of course it's, it's coming behind the ride. So it's gotta be amazing. Right. I mean, to stand <laughs> up to it, otherwise it's a letdown for everyone. Now this was amazing because you know, our, so RPI has some great sponsors, including, um, well, including a lot of different things, but one of them is uh, Red Bull. And so Rebecca Rush herself has her signature drink that she calls Head Rush, and it's um, Patron. That's another another sponsor was Patron Tequila. So it's Patron and Red Bull and some lime juice. And I mean, it was like an open bar with those and um, a bunch of uh, a couple different beers on tap and live music and all kinds of great food. Like all the local food vendors had wonderful, wonderful things for the riders. And if you participated, it didn't cost you anything. And 
you know, there were like little chair massages and just everyone was in such a good mood and the weather was great and all of downtown Ketchum just taken over by this party and it was just super fun. Yeah, it was so cool. And I, a couple of things I'll add, probably the best, I put on races for, for a living. So this is my world. Okay. It had to be the best swag bag just, just about ever. Oh. Yeah. And I don't even want to say what I won for winning because I, somebody else is going to go back and win instead of me next year. But I'll just tell you, like the sponsors for this event were everyone from Garmin to Soul Custom Insoles to Goo to Smith Sport Optics, um, Specialized. And I just want to say, like, I came away with literally hundreds of dollars of prizes. Yeah. Unbelievable. And of course, the bottle of Patron. And of course, didn't you you got a cowgirl hat, didn't you? Cowboy hat. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Pictures. I love my cowgirl hat. It's gonna be really <laughs> useful anywhere I go in Idaho. You know, it's kind of a joke, but I mean, we are a cowboy state in some ways. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. it's funny. I, I just um, I interviewed. Um, oh my goodness. Well, I interviewed Rebecca before the show. That's kind of how I got hooked up. So okay. I, I have my own take on her. I, she seems like an amazing person and, and just so gracious. Did you get yeah. to interact with her at all and anything on the race director? Because she she puts in a lot of time to put this race on. It's not an easy feat. So giving her a shout out is definitely cool. So she was awesome. She, uh, you know, I met her the night before at the event and she was very supportive. And she actually encouraged me. I mean, she said, you know, there's really like you should be going for it tomorrow. You should race it because there's really, you know, no one. The last year's winner isn't here, you know, and I was just like, eh, I don't know about that. And then she was out there at the halfway point cheering people on and, um, she, I remember her asking me, she was like, um, she's like, you're, you're the lead woman. She was super encouraging. And she's like, do you need anything? Do you need anything? Are you doing okay? And I was like, I think so. I don't know. Am I doing okay? <laughs> and, um, but you know, there's just good food support. I mean, she was, she made a point of talking to everyone. I don't know. That poor woman must not slept for 36 hours between the <laughs> day before and the day of, I mean, whoo. Yeah. Amazing amount of energy and just so positive, so friendly to everyone. It was great. Awesome, Sarah. Well, hey, thank you so much for taking the time. I'm going to get you back on Athlete on Fire and, and do a, a, a legitimate interview and, and share your story because you're great at telling stories, obviously. And all, all you endurance athletes, you have so much time to just sit and think about what you really think about things. So <laughs> go, go check her out at K4Racing. That's number four.com. And uh, you can also check out some coverage of that event at girlbikelove.com, which is a pretty cool site too. So uh, I'm going to sign off for now. Thanks for t telling your story of uh, Rebecca's Private Idaho. Thanks so much, Scott. It was my pleasure. All right, I'm here with actually Rebecca of Rebecca's Private Idaho. Rebecca, I've gone through a handful of athletes and people who are up there uh, with charities for your event this year, and uh, just an awesome event. And I'm going to get a little more background from you because uh, this was the second year for you guys, and I know you're you're excited about it. You're excited about growing this event. So, really quick, how would you how would you uh, describe 2014 and catch them? for Rebecca's Private Idaho. How was it for you? Was it cool? It was um, It was awesome. I mean, launching this event and bringing people here, um, it was pretty scary undertaking and a risk. Um, but And year one is, is always the hardest. Uh, but then year two, it's like, oh, people came back, sponsors came back, repeat customers, riders. Uh, and so, I mean, just having all these cyclists flood to the place that I call home and that I love is so cool because I've done a lot of bike races and I'm like, all right, I want to create one. We could do a really good one here. And, um, you know, I roll the dice and take a risk, but the fact that people showed up and came, um, have smiles on their face and had a good time. 
it's, I mean, it's like hosting the best party at your house, you know, that you could imagine and, you know, and having it go really well. So it's, it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Events suck for, for one, the biggest reason events suck. I put on like 20 events this last year, but anytime you start a new concept, you have to wait a whole freaking year before you find out if it was any good. Cause exactly. <laughs> you're just like, oh, are people coming back? You know, you launch your registration, you wait for numbers and, and people generally sign up last minute for a lot of stuff if it's not travel. So I totally get that. Um, organizational wise, you had, who's the group? It was a bike monkey that was helping you out. Yep. Bike monkey was the event production company. And then I had, you know, my own staff and a lot of local help, um, you know, on the ground, the catch and fire department did all of our uh, medical support. So it really was kind of a community group effort. So what what makes you the most nervous? Is it is it getting enough people out there? Is it safety? Is it just having people having a good time? What made, what made you really nervous before? You know, prior to yeah, it's it's will people sign up? Like you said, you you put it up online and then you sit and wait and like try not to check the registration every five minutes. Like oh, one more person signed up. One more person signed up. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's nerve wracking as because you make the commitments well in advance um, to secure you know. I'll do all the logistics, um, but people have to come or, or it doesn't work. So, so that's nerve wracking waiting and you procrastinators out there. Don't procrastinate. It makes me nervous, <laughs> It does. <laughs> so people sign, but I do the same thing. I sign up for races late. Um, so waiting to see, you know, you build it, if you build it, will they come? That's nerve wracking. And then day of, um, you know, I worry about safety, but, but really like there's so many, there's so much in place that I trust, you know, working with like I said, the catch and fire department, our event staff that really once the gun goes off, that's my finish line. The start line for everyone else is my finish line. And I'm just happy to be riding my bike with all my friends. Um, yeah, that's cool. And, yeah. And I guess, you know, you guys are on gravels. It would be really, I, I hate to call you, you athletes out there idiots, but you'd have to be pretty, pretty dumb to get lost on a, on a gravel road for the, for the most part, I would say. Um, yeah, people aren't going to get lost, but there's always the potential for crashes yeah. or, you know, injuries and stuff. And I don't want that to happen either. But, um, but you know, we've, we've got a good system in place for all that stuff too. Yeah, awesome. And, you know, I'm not even going to cover catching because all, all the athletes that I've interviewed before you have just painted the town like it's like this uh, – this amazing place up in the clouds <laughs> that that you can only get to if if you go to ride for the weekend. So Ketchum has everybody's full endorsement. It's just such a cool little place. Um, I've told the story about how me and, and my buddy Ben from Mountain Bike Radio got up there, and it's it pretty funny. We both we both were pretty ignorant to Ketchum. We just looked at it on the map. We're like, oh, okay. We we didn't pay attention or even realize it was the whole Sun Valley Resort area. We thought it was going to be this like little podunk Idaho town. It's actually really really nice ski town. So, um, for you guys who have families, like, like I have family, um, it's a great place to, to bring your, you can bring your wife and kids, you can bring your husband and kids, whatever you want to do. Like there's plenty of stuff for people to do. And I'm going to, and I'm going to do this, Rebecca, and it's embarrassing, but I'm, I'm going to sell myself out here. I went up there to ride the 50. I hadn't been, I hadn't been on the bike very much this summer, putting on my own events. And I went up to ride the 50. We got in at two 30. Uh, Ben got up at six 30 to go ride the the 96 or close to 100 miler, the the big one, and uh, I was like, dude, I'm gonna go ride single track today. This is kind of a vacation, so I went all the way up to Ketchum to participate in RPI, and I went and rode single track while you guys were on the on the gravel.
but I will say. <laughs> we have some good single track here too. And I mean, you know, the ultimate dream is that, you know, I do a more traditional mountain bike event here too. You know, there's, there's so much to choose from. And I know people who came for private Idaho and they brought two bikes because they wanted to kind of partake in more of what this place has to offer. And, and it's why I live here. The riding is, is world-class for sure. But you know, you, you might've missed the actual event, you know, the, the riding event, but uh, you did take part in the Galande quaffing, even though you didn't make it too far uh, along into the finals, but, but you took part in, in the event. Yeah. You know, you know, I, 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 I did the hard way out. I, I rode single track by myself selfishly and some awesome flow track out there on Eve's Adam and Eve's Gulch. I think. Oh it was. yeah. And yeah. uh, and then I then I got to drink beer and listen to good music and and watch a lot of happy people after an awesome ride. It was it was a tough weekend. I got to tell you, yeah. <laughs> the, the party is was awesome. In her um, in her marketing, she says to remember that it is an endurance event, um, and that and that leads to the party afterwards and just tons of happy people and and the gracious host and and a great team and such a cool small town and and everybody feels really welcome. So. I just wanted to get you on and, and let people know, you know, that, that you do put a lot of work into it. And really, it, when people are listening to this, sign up a little bit earlier because you take so much stress <laughs> off of the race directors. And do you guys do like a, a tiered pricing thing anyway? We haven't in the past. The price has just been the price, um, yeah. except for day of. But um, maybe we'll have to do that to motivate people a little bit more. Yeah, unfortunately that works. But yeah, I want to keep it. You know, I want to keep it affordable for people. And I mean, it really is. I want to host people in my hometown. I, I want to bring everybody here, so I don't want to make the barrier too high. Yeah, no, that's cool. Well, it was awesome. So, what, what's the date in 2015? I didn't, I didn't check that out yet. September 6th. It's Labor Day, the Sunday of Labor Day weekend. Um, okay. Yeah. And well, we'll probably we'll have a registration open in January, so all those early birds can uh, plan and get in early. Awesome. Well, I, I appreciate you uh, coming on and sharing a little bit more about the event. And you guys can check it out, RebeccasPrivateIdaho.com as well. Thanks a lot. Thanks, and we'll look for you on the start line next year instead of, uh, yeah, <laughs> of failing on the ride. I won't be such a little... You know what? <laughs> Maybe I'll get I'm up there a little earlier so that you can uh, spend a day mountain biking and have some time. I know. I, I literally rolled into town at two. Th I, I drove. I'm not going to tell you how fast I drove from Denver. It was ridiculous, and we still got there at two thirty in the morning. And uh, yeah, just wasn't into it. I'm, I'm an you were, yeah, that's commitment. That was awesome. I know, right? And especially having like a one year old that won't sleep ever. For the record, if you want to have kids, you better. Uh, Come watch mine for like three days. All right. <laughs> All right, Rebecca. Thanks so much. I appreciate it, dude. Thanks, Scott. All right. Checking out. I called you dude. Yes, I did call Rebecca Rush dude, and I do not regret it one bit. I hope for the life of me, I'm sitting here editing this thing. It's, 100, 100. it's an hour and 47 minutes long it's the longest podcast any uh, publication i've done since i've been doing this for a year i've done over 140 podcasts since we started up and uh, this is my first review and this is my first um really long show so i hope you guys weren't bored i, I personally thought you know i went through and listened to all these guys again um between austin and kelly and sarah and neil and uh burke and all these guys i, I thought it was a really good uh interesting Peace. So hopefully you guys thought the same. If you guys have any questions about Rebecca's Private Idaho, shoot me a message. I can give you the details. 
if you aren't going to be riding the gravel race since I was kind of piddling around town while Ben was being being a tough guy. Um, and then if you need details about actual, the actual race, then you can shoot me or Rebecca uh, a message over at RPI, Rebecca's com. Sun Valley is freaking beautiful. It's just amazing. Um, I hope you guys have a chance to go check it out. It's it's such a cool place. If not, no big deal. I, I hope you guys enjoyed this style of uh, review, just kind of hanging out with the athletes over there and, and really get tapping into their story and, and things they're doing that have nothing to do with the event. So I'm going to step back now. Uh, if you guys want to go check out more stuff, if you found us somewhere other than the website, you can go to athleteonfire.com, click on the podcast, and uh, this little podcast will be sitting there probably waiting for a sweet and very generous review from you, the listener, which you can do at iTunes or Stitcher, uh, which is how I take most of my uh, podcasts personally. So thank you so much. I'm Scott Jones. This is Athlete on Fire, and you've you've been inspired by a lot of athletes today, including Rebecca Rush. Thanks a lot.